Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Got a great show today. Uh, We're stopping Asian hate. We're stopping Asian hate today, okay? We got a real live Asian on the show today. Jeffrey Wu, welcome to the program. Wait, did you guys not download the Ric Flair Wu noise for the soundboard? We needed it, dude. I was really looking forward to that. There's so much you can do with that last name. Whereas your buddy here, Brian Ray, the only thing you can do with that is is have him be a serial killer. Yeah. uh, He could book a room at the Mandalay Bay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Two first names, Brian Ray. Yes, a three. Brian Daniel Ray. It goes oh, over, yeah. God. You're, oh, yeah. yeah, you're definitely going to murder somebody at some point. Fuck. He's yeah. going to try to pick off Trump at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I mean, this is bad. Brian Daniel Ray? Yeah. It sounds like your, your parents were just stuck. I'm like, man, what do we name him? Fuck it. Let's just use all three first just names. Just all of them. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. what are you going to do if your last name is already a first name? You got to give him a last name for a first name? Ha. Like call him Smith Ray? I guess. You know? yes. I mean, how do you do Sweet that? Sweet Baby Ray? I mean, it gets Ray. mixed up all the time anyway. That Sweet Baby Ray would have been a nice sponsorship opportunity. But I, sure would have. How, how long has that company been around? Uh, I, who knows? It's one of those ones where you see in like uh, Sam's Club, mm. and it comes by the two gallons, and you're like, all right, I mean, I guess. We're Nothing doing... good comes in two gallons, <laughs> Nothing. by the way. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, my grandmother used to say that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Nothing good yeah. comes in two gallons. <laughs> 1985. What's 1985? Oh, yeah. You oh. were born before that, so you should. I was, I was born in 1985. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, what month? Yeah, April. Oh. So who did you was there first? You, there might be some, some synergy there. We'll, um, we'll reach out to Sweet Baby Ray's. Yeah, yeah let's see. We'll I might talk, be missing we'll out on something. Yeah. We'll, we'll merge talk. you and yeah. take you guys public. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <Make> <laughs> we'll, spa- we'll do a SPAC deal with Sweet Baby Ray's. Exactly. Any chance that they dumped it all over you? Yeah, I mean, I would consider a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. You ever seen you ever walk into your parents' fucking? No, no, I never have. No, good. And, if, and if I good. had, then I then maybe I flashed it out of my mind. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. and that might be what the mustache is all about. To be honest, could be. Sure yeah. is. Sure is. Don't could look be. my way. Don't look my it's, way. It's, it's, like, it's, it's everywhere, like a dude. Pedo convention in here right now. What the hell's going on? We're co- you're you're cornered, dude. I'm the only one that can grow f- hair on the side of my face. <laughs> you're stashed out. You're right. I can't do it. Is that why you've got it? You look like you no, grow he's got fucking. Beard. No, I do. Yeah, no. I, the, the beard is off, and I'm just running. It's a look. It's coming back. The mustache is coming back. It is. And it's, I, I don't know if it's because of Tom Selleck's success in the Blue Blood show or what, but somebody did it, right? You know, I think uh, the nature of our economy right now uh, le- tends to lead you more down a white trash road. And I think this saves a lot of money. Razors are expensive yeah, as well. You're only shaving half your face. So it's like, all right, great. Let's just have a mustache. Yeah. I, you, know, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the hipsters stole it. I don't either. either. You know, I don't either. They, they ruin everything. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's like you're opinionated about trolling right like yeah i like if you that. have a beard you're like yeah. okay i don't give a fuck or like mm. i'm really curating it or you're clean shaven yeah but to be like half you're like 
I'm just trying to troll you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to troll yeah. you. I do appreciate <laughs> that aspect of it. Yeah. He's Asian, so it looks natural, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. You don't get any shit for that because it's just like, oh, all right, great. You look like everybody from a country. Well, I need like a little. Uh, Long, that's what I'm saying. Beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spin it around, yep. beard. Yeah. yeah, but give sure. that some age. You don't want to do that because you're a young dude. You got to wait till that's gray, yeah. long and gray, and then really go for it. Yeah. Do you think that's inviting trouble though? Because if I saw someone like that, I assume they're good at fighting. But well, then if you're not, well, you you do grapple, so that that might be he helpful. does. And his last name leads to like it's Wu, and it's like that that already sounds like. Wu I mean, Chang. we're in America. You gotta have Second Amendment. Like, yeah, you know, not, not trying to do street fights, right? Yeah. Especially in Texas. Yeah, Come on, that's not a great idea. That's not a great idea. It's Although nuts. you did drop by Tim Kennedy's place. Yesterday, yeah, yeah, you right? were with Tim yesterday. Yeah, Tim's one of our beef fries. Um, did he put you through it? Our guess was that you would come in here today, and you'd be sore for the next three weeks. No, not today. It'll start tomorrow. Delete on. I mean, set. it's okay. been forty-eight hours. Uh, woke up, didn't realize I was going to do a wrestling clinic. But no, I think they were very g- gentle, kind, <laughs> ass wrecking. Um, Did he bring the knives out at all? Because he he does do that sometimes. No, just uh, just, just good old hand to hand combat. Yeah. Yeah, and then he... we woke up at 6 a.m. today to do uh, a few miles. Okay. So we went from oh, Christ. beefcake, grappler, wrestler, BJJ, black belts to a bunch of nerdy cross-country runners hitting a few miles. Wow, So dude. it's been a very fun 48 hours of just like the breath of Austin. Everybody who comes on the show after going to Tim says the same thing. They're like, man, I didn't know I was getting into a wrestling clinic. And that's the joke. It's like, yeah. no one knows. He pressures you into <laughs> it. Yep. And then you show up and you're like, oh, fuck, are we doing this? And then you can't say no to him. Yeah. And that's the problem. So but I think that's also like the joy of life. Just mm. I, My philosophy is you got to just send it. Right, unless it's like clearly like, hey, let's try fentanyl. Yeah, I'm basically down for anything. <laughs> All right, so let's just fucking explore. Uh, Giorgio, grab that heroin out of the back and let's start <laughs> shooting up, and then we'll uh, we'll keep recording. I would see what happens. I time. would have brought some DMT. Had I known that, we could have done an episode on DMT. Not you. But yeah, uh, yeah. For, this for yourself, side of the table. this side of the table, mm, yeah. and then we could have done something else, and then compared, <laughs> yeah. and then see how the podcast went. Oh, yeah. well, I think you give two groups of people the same like hundred piece puzzle. Yep. And you do different drugs, and then you race to see who can finish it faster. Oof. Or just what kind of wild mosaic it turns into. I know. <laughs> the original design. <laughs> Terrible for <laughs> podcasting, by the way. <laughs> Terrible for podcasting. Any thoughts you've ever had about doing Mushrooms live on a show were squashed for me when I, when I saw Post Malone on Joe Rogan. I was like, oh, because they, they, they did Mushrooms live on air. Yeah. And uh, the conversation went to, hey, man do you know there's like spiders that are bigger than your face? And I was like, yep, checking out of this one, all good. That's a two-man convo <laughs> well, that we like have nothing to do It's like listening to somebody explain their dream to you. Yes. Like this is nonsense. Don't tell me about your yeah. dreams yeah. or how your flight was. Or your children. Fucking flight. I don't want to hear about your children <laughs> no, either. Yeah. I, I never come in and talk about my kids ever. Your pets though, like, oh, my dog did something really cute yesterday. I'll listen to that. Will you? Oh, yeah, big time. I won't. I and, love animals. I, unless the pet actually got into the attic. Um, and started, uh, you know, fucking with the like, like some of the piping up there. Mm. Great. All right. He taught himself how to do that, and that's awesome. Other than that, everybody's got a. Well, that's dog. why I want to yeah. get a raccoon. Yeah, because they're super smart and they fuck with stuff a lot. So, and this is real. He's trying to oh, yeah. acquire two raccoons as we speak. Well, like you said, this is Texas, right? Yeah. So you can own pretty much anything except for people. Well, nope. They, they were used never to. a slave state here. Really? Nope. Well, it was Juneteenth. Yes, they were. Yes, hey, June, Juneteenth. I'm trying to rewrite fucking history. <laughs> oh, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Juneteenth. We were the last one. Texas was the last one, right? To have slaves. That's where Juneteenth came from. Uh, that's just, they realized, that was the day they found out they were free. Like, Union oh, soldiers, they found out later. Union soldiers showed up and they were like, hey, you guys can go. And they were like, well, what? 
<laughs> is that true yeah that's really funny do we have that on video at all yeah we might I, do we have that video interaction i just want to see if that uh reaction was authentic or i not. just want to use it for instagram reels they're paying me now so it's like all right man i'll pop that up there and see how many views that gets uh but we're not here to talk about slavery i wish we were come back uh and then we can talk about that another yeah, day in there. yeah but we're here to talk about uh entrepreneurship because uh the things you guys are doing I mean, you're, it seems like you're everywhere and you've got your hands in everything. Now, obviously, uh, we've got your products here. We do a ketone IQ with you guys. Yeah, I used it yeah. all week last week in yeah. Vegas. It, it, was a, uh, it was very helpful. We're at SHOT Show. It's a grueling schedule. I get flagged every 10 seconds by some asshole that's holding a gun for the first time. Sure. So to keep myself level and energized, I was drinking the shit out of this. And yeah. It comes in bottles. You take a shot or it comes in singles there. And uh, to me... Uh, and I no offense to Onnit because we don't have a fucking relationship with them anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But we uh, like Aubrey and Kyle. I, you know, they're, I like, they're, they're well, boys. Aubrey's been on the show and they're yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but this replaced Alpha Brain for me. So they, I was using Alpha Brain for a while because I write, and then this replaced it for me. Uh, when I talked to one of the girls at uh, at your office, uh, she said you guys actually got funding from the DoD, uh, yep. from the Department of Defense. How did that start and and happen? What was the the, the happenstance behind that because that's it's hard to get funding from the DOD. Oh, yeah. yeah well, unless yeah. you're Ukraine. Exactly. Then it's, it's, really then it's super easy. easy. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> proxy wars. Oh, yeah. We love up. proxy wars. I know. <laughs> I mean, we I should know. Just, the United States of proxy wars has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because we've been doing it for 100 fucking years now. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways. The US. That's Americana, right? Like, yeah. it's like, what level of the chess bar are you playing yeah. at? Um, yeah, I mean, let's dive into in there. But I think yeah. just for the, like, the core question... Um, what is Ketone IQ? How do we get plugged in into the Department of Defense? I'm a computer science guy. Uh, grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised California guy. Studied computer science at Stanford. Um, very much in the early area, uh, I would say like the boom era of Silicon Valley. And I took a kind of a 180 turn going into... Uh, Applying computer science to engineering human performance. When you say computer science, you mean like programming logic and shit? Or what do you mean? Like break yeah. that down. That, that Yeah, so lines of code, mm. uh, Java, C++, mm. C. Uh, a lot of the open AI chat GPT stuff was actually you know taught. The very basic versions mm. were natural language processing. These are all statistical math problems you are solving that ends up being systematized to larger and larger systems, larger, larger databases to generate mm -hmm. what sounds like pretty intelligent prose. Um, yeah, I like that because it teaches you like it's a problem, problem solving background, but it teaches you the logical processes in between that could be applicable to kind of any situation that you're trying to solve. Yeah. I, I think to me, it's important to just be rigorous or confident about the core mathematical principles. I think a lot of people float around in idea state, like con conceptuals. And I think it's easy to get bullshitted when it's mm -hmm. like, oh, like let's talk about like the talking points or like the, the fuzzy concepts or the analogies. But if you actually have the mathematical understanding where it's like, it's not magic. It's like a, a matrix multiplication mm -hmm. or an algebra problem that you're solving. It's like, okay, stacking a bunch of these things up together can be very, very complicated, but it's not no longer magic to you. So it's something that's like very graspable and that can be very much broken down. So uh, my interest in human performance is applying that same engineering mindset towards biology. Okay. And you can look at the healthcare system, 20% of American GDP is for essentially sick care. And 
my interest going to human performance was less so about health, although that and, and wellness, which I think has become like a side interest. Um, is mainly I wanted to live longer and be smarter because I was just like kind of in Silicon Valley, like let's be competitive. There's a very much power law dynamic to if you're the number one company, you get like 80% of the revenues. Right. So it's very much like, hey, if I can any incremental advantage, can that be applied for economic success? Um, so that's my initial interest going to biohacking. And one of the interesting, compelling areas around biohacking was around intermittent fasting, ketogenic diets. So back 2014, 2015, uh, there was a lot of news articles and documentaries about these Silicon Valley CEOs fasting their employees. You know, Jack Dorsey, the former Twitter CEO founder, was doing these like multiple day fasts. And were the were the employees obligated to do this? So when I, we were implementing it at HVMN, it was optional, but we kind of hazed people into doing it. <laughs> like, come on, don't be a bitch. Like, you, yeah, can, yeah, you, yeah, you, don't, yeah. need, you don't need to... Don't eat, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tongue in cheek. Yeah. But um, the data behind fasting and caloric restriction was very interesting from a longevity and cognitive function perspective. And that got me down the rabbit hole of looking at fasting. How does it work? And you realize that there's a process called ketosis, mm. which yep. you might have heard from ketogenic diets, mm. which yep. is at the end of caloric restriction or carb restriction or fasting, your body produces ketones, fills the brain and body, uh, but it's a pain in the ass to fast or restrict carbohydrate. Right, yeah. Was there a shortcut to get the benefits of ketosis without having to fast and, and, and do all these uh, unnatural e eating restrictions? And those ketone... Uh, supplements came about in the mid 2000s kind of but they were bullshit it was snake oil right because they weren't bound to lipids or anything it was just like every other vitamin was just going in and out of your body yeah i think that one of the big ones was raspberry ketones or something like that That was the name of the company and it was just complete nonsense yeah it's not even a ketone body no it's, like, yeah, it's, it's a big category i think it was like some dr oz or somebody was promoting yeah, yeah, it yeah. For it was total snake oil bullshit yeah. which kind of probably fucked you over in the beginning because people hear this stuff it's like oh it's just another fad no this is actual science they just did it wrong. Yeah. yeah. So where I came into the picture, we came into the picture, was that we realized that there was a lot of emerging research out of Oxford, out of NIH, that was actually funded by DARPA in the early 2000s under a program called Operation Metabolic Dominance. And the vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was this guy, General Peter Pace. He was the uh, end up being Marine the, Corps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was the first Marine Corps chairman. Uh, he signed off on that program. And... The question was, can you synthesize drinkable food versions of ketones that delivers ketosis very rapidly? Uh -huh. And long story was, yes, through all these petrochemical engineering processes. So one dose of what is now in ketone IQ used to cost $2,500 to $25,000 a shot. Holy so shit. it's super, it basically, it had to be like manufactured and like handmade in a Oxford NIH chemistry lab um but with the mod with modern synthetic biology we actually use genetically engineered e coli to ferment sugar into the ketone pre precursor so it's a much cleaner much more biologically efficient process and that was where we scaled the production applied modern uh biochemical processes to bring this to market so in some sense we reintroduced dod funded research back into dod and when we were able to actually scale the cost curve, uh, it was like a very interesting timing where 
a lot of this early material was being used by Tour de France teams, so we became pals with you know, legends like Lance Armstrong, all these endurance athletes. And, uh, was Lance just using ketone IQ or anything else? No, I'm totally kidding. Um, he was on all the things. <laughs> he was on a lot of stuff. I mean, he was very open about it. I mean, I think yeah, yeah. everyone was on it, right? Like, literally, like the top 20 people all I'm on it right now. Yeah, Dan's on it right now. All hopped up he right now. He lifted up my car yeah. earlier in the parking lot just to do it. And I was like, all right, great. I like to establish yeah. dominance. Yeah. Uh, no, Lance is a, is a good dude, but, yeah. uh, you know, made a couple mistakes here and there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so how do you go from the DOD to testing then? Do you say, hey, let's have some soldiers test this? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so there's an initial phase one contract. So it was a hundred, about a, a six-figure contract where we looked at ketone IQ at high altitude. So one of the dominant use cases in GWAT was finding at mountain finding ranges yeah, of Afghanistan, 40,000 feet. <clears throat> and it's well understood that in hypoxia and low oxygen environments, your memory recall and reaction time drops. So there's been a lot of focus on the human performance side. Are there interventions? Are there strategies to mitigate that performance detriment? Yeah. Like short of taking some kind of oxygen supplement. Yeah. Because that's bulky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be walking around with a fucking scuba tank on your back. Yeah. Yeah. So we looked at ketones as an intervention, and we're in, you know, we're, it is in the process of peer review and will be published that uh, – in ketosis, that performance decrement mitigates. So you're operating as if you're operating at sea level. So why, why, the, why is that? Is it, is it burning fat take less energy than burning sugar or something? Or what, what is it? So it's not even burning fat, right? Mm. So when you're drinking <clears throat> ketone IQ, you're literally drinking ketones themselves. Mm. So there's not even a fat conversion okay. process. Uh, so the interesting about, thing about ketones is that they're small molecules. Mm. And per carbon unit for uh, ATP generation. So re rewind to bio, high school biology 101. There's like the mitochondria, the power plant of the cells. Yeah. There's a Krebs cycle. You generate ATP. Mm -hmm. uh, so the one way to measure efficiency of generating ATP is the amount of oxygen required per unit ATP. Okay. So it happens to be biochemically that ketones as the, like the core carbon fuel. So you can fuel uh, mitochondria with mm. glucose, fatty acid, right. fats, or ketones, right. per oxygen, you get the most efficiency out of uh, ketones. Okay. So this would be good. I mean, this, this might actually have application for uh, high-altitude parachuting as well, right? Because you have to go, uh, if, you're, if you're jumping above 20 or so thousand feet, you need to be on O2 for about four hours. Well, it's, it's a scale, but if you're going super high, it's like four hours of oxygen for us, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some discussion that some of the the new fighter planes are like their O2 oxygen mm. intake for like for fighter pilots are like not great as yeah, well. So I think yeah. any <clears throat> extreme condition where there is a concern around hypoxia mm. or a concern about oxygen efficiency, yeah, which yeah. is like many endurance applications, uh, this is something very interesting. I mean, even the the games that happen in fucking Denver or Mexico City would be affected by something like this, right? Oh, yeah. Because that's been a big problem. Whenever there's soccer games or uh, NFL mostly NFL games are where they had problems I think the soccer guys get used to it but NFL games dudes are like fucking on oxygen the whole time down there yeah yeah I remember actually one of our first NFL pilots was a former uh, strength and conditioning coach for one of some of the, the tier one units and he became a strength SNC coach for the one of the NFL teams in the Bay Area and uh we were like dosing prototype ketones for his guys. I think it was like a Mexico City or some altitude Yeah, Mexico game. City is where the game yeah, was. Yeah, it was 2019 maybe? I think yeah. it was the Raiders. 
Uh, Oakland, I believe. Yeah. Was that I, 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 I won't say it, but I mean, you can kind of do the math. I'll say it for right. you. It was the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> They're an awful organization. They'll get rid of David Carr. Um, I'm kidding. There he um, did. <laughs> that's right. He's gone. Yeah, he's so. out of there. Um, so with that, uh, how are you guys getting this out to the mass market now um, and, and trying to get people onto the same plane as what soldiers are doing? What's, what's the pitch uh, that you guys are going out with? And Because uh, I think you're in Sprouts right now. We're launching in all of the, all of Sprouts 400 doors in March. Okay, great, great. Yeah. And uh, what's the price point in a store for like a shot that's of Keto? That's a six IQ? pack of shots. Yeah, right, right, there, right? Yep. Yeah. Grab, yes. grab that box real quick. Yeah. There you go. Let's get right here. Yeah, that yeah, guy. That's yeah. it. You can open it up. Feel free. Yes, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't even want to like overlook Brian's contribution here. So we met Brian two, three years ago. So he just retired out of the right. army. Boom. Uh yeah, yeah. Oh, you just got out. Yeah. Oh, like, okay, great. Like within like the last couple of days. Oh, good oh, for you. Shit. Wait, you're on terminal now or you're done completely? No, terminal. Oh, yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. What'd you do? Yeah. Be careful. Uh, so I'm retiring out of 10th group. Uh, so I'm a 15-year team guy. Yeah, so I'm a 15-year team guy. Uh, last position I had was I was the commander of the Special Operations Mount Warfare Training Center, mm. which is where all this testing was yeah. happening. So I met Jeff and their research lead, Dr. Latmansoor, Years ago, when they said, we've got these things, this is what a ketone is. It's going to help your guys' brains at altitude. I was like, yeah. right, let's send it. Let's try it out. So, yeah, yeah. like, over the years of <laughs> testing it and seeing how it did and, and watching the guys perform and, and their own, you know, measure as well, I was like, yeah, it's, this, this, it's legit. It works. So, um, from there, I continued to work with the team, and I'm moving on board with those guys as, as my next position. So That's awesome. How many years yeah. were you in? So, 20. Yeah. Holy shit. So, you got uh, retirement. Yeah. So, I have retirement. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, Brian is, I mean, I'm going to brag for him because he's a very humble guy. But in yeah, terms he won't of, shut the fuck up today. I know. I'm just, <laughs> all, really, I'm just, yeah, I'm just I, I think we figured it. out that he was a, a serial killer, and then he really got quiet after that. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my shadow life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, within SOCOM, right, like, he is literally a subject matter expert for mountain warfare. Right, that that schoolhouse is yeah. Pretty much everybody goes to that schoolhouse, no matter what branch of service they're in. If they're if they're getting, were you up there? uh, no, 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 I didn't. Well, I was in the 82nd Airborne. We don't do mountains. Okay, (laughs) jump out of planes, planes, (laughs) shoot people in the face, and seize airfields, which we haven't done since fucking Korea, I think. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Don't worry about that. (laughs) Um, But that's cool. And then. Uh, you guys have uh, partnered up, and then uh, you're taking it across the nation. How did you get into Sprouts? I think it's just like a lot of organic, direct-to-consumer demand. So I think to, to the question, how are we getting it out there? I mean, I think, one, it's translating the elite use case to realizing that everyone does metabolism. In some, and I think one thing that I, I believe is that all of us want to be or at least should aspire to be best at something in the world at, at whatever our passion or interest areas are. I think I if, if you don't have any goal, it's like, I, I don't know if that's a kind of a sad life. You're just like, <laughs> hey, I'm okay being mediocre. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is, you're speaking my language. I've said that on the show a million times. <laughs> One million times. I mean, going to like some of the just broader topics, I feel like a lot of America is going complacent. So I think from a country perspective, I, I think there should be more folks like us just inspiring mm. people like, hey, wake the fuck up. Like, yeah. Well, or, it used to be you had to do that stuff just to stay the fuck alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's not like that. Anymore. And, you know, the same thing with the key. We, we used to get these natural ketones because it might be that we only ate once a day or once every two days. Yeah. So it happened naturally. And it kept us alert and shit. Now, na- unnatural light and we eat whenever we fucking feel like it. And then we watch TV for four hours. 
Yeah, yeah and then like, I got these white girl allergies down here in, in Texas, so that I'm trying to overcome. Yeah, and that's not great either. I've been eating local honey lately. Have you? Uh, Does that help? Uh, it's well, supposed to. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Really? I mean, okay. Exposure to exposure to allergens, exposure mm. to toxins, right? You're getting yeah. a micro adapt, adaptation to it. Mm. Uh, but for you <laughs> yourself, you've got, like I said at the top, you've got a million different companies going on, and it's impressive. Like, uh, I see you a lot, uh, in particular with Jake Paul. Yes. Uh, I see you with Jake Paul a lot. What are you working on with Jake? We actually connected initially around biohacking human performance, but, and we just realized that like his nerdier tech friends were some of my cooler friends. Yeah. Again, I'm like an SF Silicon Valley entrepreneur investor guy, Jake Paul, YouTube now knocking Anderson Silva and, and, and people out on, on, on the biggest stages. Uh, but I think just kind of behind the scenes, I think if he weren't an entertainer, an athlete, he is very entrepreneurial. He's a, I think very, very strong business instincts and sense. So we realized that there is a, you, I, I think one thing I think like programs like yours, like distribution branding is more important than ever. Attention is mm. as important as capital. I agree. But there is just, I think you boil down things that move atoms in this world. It's capital, money. Money moves atoms around by purchasing energy essentially, or it's harnessing people's mental attention. So right. those are the two core commodities. And a lot of people have money but there's fewer and fewer people that actually can drive and command attention. Mm. So and we also start- understand what the hell's going on too. Like a, almost every when at Black Rifle back in the day, I was a VP of marketing there for a while. When we started the process of going public, it was some of the meetings were challenging to explain to people exactly because we were the first direct to consumer coffee company that really existed. You yeah. know what I mean? Explaining how it all works, how social media advertiser they're looking at our books and like there's no way you're getting this rate of return on your ads and i'm like well we are because we're talking to very specific people of our choosing they're like oh i guess that makes it but it took uh months to explain to these old vc guys how this shit worked and i think you guys deserve the multi-billion dollar outcome right <laughs> yeah. like, i mean i think that's like that's why i love capitalism yeah. right if you're fucking right <clears throat> you get paid off of it yeah and yeah. that is the approach that we started with anti-fund so our venture capital fund is called anti-fund uh, again, a credit to Jake for that kind of troll naming convention. But I think we kind of relate on a personal basis. I think he's obviously like an entertainer and a bit of a troll. And, you know, with the mustache, I think I have, you know, troll tendencies behind my, you know, whatever Stanford <laughs> computer science, whatever background. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because with us, we're balls deep in the middle of it right now with Hardy F. Seltzer. Yep. Um, and so <laughs> we launched this uh, March of last year. Uh, we're in two states right now, Tennessee and Florida. We shipped to 41 others. But we've, we've beat Budweiser in Florida the last two months. And still, when we go to a new distributor, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, we kind of need a proof concept. Like, we carry our audience around with us in our back pocket, dude. Yeah. yeah. We don't, like, all the stuff that you provide is not something we need. We just need you to fucking flip the lights on. And we made a product for our audience where it's like, we're the drinking bros. We get fucked up. Uh, there was a gap in the marketplace. There wasn't any 8% seltzers, yep. which is the max you can put in a 12 pack. I was going to say, that sounds like that's way higher than. Sure, goddamn right it is. Yeah. Um, and no carbs, no sugar, so it's still good for you and all that Because we're watching stuff. our figures and shit. Yeah. Right? Well, <laughs> most dudes are, like <laughs> yeah. to a certain extent. Even with Ketone IQ, it's the same thing where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you want the performance. It, you know, in our case, it's getting fucked up. Yeah. Uh, in your case, it's it's actually helping people out there. Yeah. <laughs> we're helping people go to bed. You're helping them stay up. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing. You want the performance out of whatever it is. 
8% gets you going. And uh, every guy, probably past 27, 28, really fucking cares about carbs and sugars. You know, I think for me, it's probably 25 when I started to care about it. 26, and uh, we noticed a gap in the marketplace, and uh, and we took off with it. Our problem has been funding uh, with it because we do this. We you know we're on every single day, and uh, we're able to to go around the world. But we're very honest with our audience of what our strengths and weaknesses are, and we don't know anybody in that VC world. Yeah. But we get hit up all the time with DMs of like, hey, how did you get into the DC market and everything else, and or the VC market and everything else? How did that happen? And especially with Black Rifle. And it's tough telling people that, hey, we were on a podcast, we were on a thing or whatever, because you still, even to this day, they're like, what's a podcast? And you're like, well, it's the thing that replaced FM and AM radio. I mean, again, I think that's like, like anti-fun is about understanding that there's always disruptive or creative disruption, right? Like, I, yeah. I, like the previous competition needs to be cannibalized. So mm-hmm. I think that happens with brands and businesses, but it also happens with capital markets. Oh, big time, yeah. Right? Like, why not go fuck <laughs> up the Carlisle's and Blackstone's of the world? Yes. Like, why not? Right? Like, just as, like, people are saying, hey, we can go mess up Budweiser. Yeah. Why not compete with the big old school capital allocators that are 70s and 80s? Exactly. And they're probably like multi-billionaires and maybe don't give a fuck and, yeah. and don't relate to the normal person anymore. Because they're not, that's that's a big part of it. They don't really, they don't, it's not topical for them anymore. Yeah. You know, they've kind of aged out of that. And also those, a lot, those agencies are a risk averse behemoths too. So they can't pivot like somebody like you can yeah. on, a, on a, a good deal pops up. You can make something happen today if you want. Right. Where it's going to take three months of due diligence for somebody else to do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so when you got started, uh, I mean, obviously none of this comes easy. What was your first big thing that kind of propelled you uh, to get into these firms and, and to acquire this uh, amount of money to help other companies? Yeah, I think I, I started angel investing in my friends from Stanford, Harvard, doing tech startups. So in, in some sense, I was lucky to have invested in a couple of friends' companies that ended up being multi-billion dollar outcomes at, at the very earliest stages. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just dumb lucky, which is great to have, or I'm kind of smart. I don't super care either. Like, do you care about, at some point, just the outcome? But do you think about it? Um, I think you can engineer luck. So, uh, Well, luck is when skill meets opportunity, right? That's and, the old adage. Uh, and I think I was much more hardline, just materialist, physics like like a physics uh, approach to uh, philosophy and and approach to life and just spending a lot of time with jake like he is very spiritual in the sense that like he talks openly about manifesting things and Uh like he he talks about like seeing ghosts and spirits and like he i think he generally believes he like has like a special antenna to like tap into like the greater beyond yeah and I don't know if it's true or not, but whoa! Sorry, <laughs> that yeah, I thought, sorry, I, thought, I thought I saw a ghost. I thought yeah. I saw a ghost. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Guys. But it's your I think that's, that's, that's probably that the ghost of all the people he serial killed and yeah. hanging around. <laughs> yeah, but I think that belief doesn't right hurt, now. right? Like even if it's a super strong placebo effect, I think it is not a bad approach to life having such strong core beliefs of just like, hey, like I, I'm tapped into something greater than myself that I understand. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> with that, that lean, like we we talk about this with Aubrey Marcus and those yeah. guys. Uh, ayahuasca? Have you done ayahuasca? Do you do drugs? Do you you know? 
How did you get? How do you get there? <laughs> Are you on drugs now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the superiority complex of not being on drugs right now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But you know, usually when you talk about spirituality and everything else, because it's huge in Austin. Yeah, and a lot of people come on the show talk about it. It always leads to ayahuasca for some reason. No, and I mean, everybody like, ends up. Aubrey was was uh, in, in, in the in, in the locker room back, you know, in the Anderson Civil fight. So they're. I don't know. I, I won't speak. For, I, I think probably Jake's talked about it. Like Jake's very into all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As, a, as a lot of people are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've had friends. Shit, Dan's done it. Uh, done all the things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I certainly understand it and everything like that. It, it's starting to take uh, up a, a lot of space in this culture. I think yeah. since Rogan got big. Yeah. Um, because he was the first one that, you know, kind of introduced and talked about it and had guests on that talked about it and everything else. And now it seems like commonplace, especially in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think my sense of it is that these are all neuroactive molecules. It just happens to be that some are legally classified as Schedule 1 illegal, and some <laughs> are pharmaceuticals, and some are supplements or foods. Right? Like, why is this plant dmt molecule an illegal drug where you can take adderall amphetamine salts mm. you can take ssris xanax those probably fuck you up more than well, you, you a know, plant you, you know why that is it's because money it's money, yeah, money. money. What, does yeah. it cost? what does it cost to grow a plant yeah, yeah. so That's, i think that's where <laughs> i would i i guess i i used to just care much more about it's like hey we should just reform classifications of different compounds but I think I mean that's what Delta Nine is. It is, yeah, and it's legal everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I, but I think it's like almost like hey, like I, I feel like at some point I just try to pick the battles that like I actually have skin in the game to move. Otherwise, you just you can get pissed off of everything in the world, right? Like there's so much absurdity happening all day long. There is, yeah, uh, and especially with businesses and everything that's going on, like um, because it feels like everything is kind of shifting into four companies essentially. Uh, case in point, I was watching, uh, I think it was 60 Minutes the other night. They were talking about uh, Amazon opening up Amazon RX. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. So they'll just ship the medication right to your house. Yeah. Well, I can tell you there was a big VC, uh, a lot of VC money behind a, a company called Capsule, an yep. uh, app called Capsule. It's the same thing. You kind of just nuke them off the, the face of the earth with Amazon now. Yeah. And, uh, and that's weird to me. Uh, do you think we're all headed there to where it all comes down to like three places? I think, well, I think that's why I think government exists. Like, government needs to maintain fair competition. So, like, if Amazon, if Jeff Bezos literally owns everything, that's not, then he has pricing power, and then, like, there's less consumer surplus. Like, the whole theory of capitalism is that there's competition, you get more consumer surplus because people are competing on margin and differentiated product and, 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 and entrepreneurs are rewarded for taking risks. Mm. Um, so I think I would say that like it's a very, I think, legal question, but I think so far as a consumer, we probably like Amazon. We probably like having our cheap stuff shipped to us in a day or two. Yeah. And I think we all generally like having cheaper drugs. Yeah. So uh, in, in that sense, like, I almost don't care if shareholders make money as long as consumers benefit from it. 
But I think that the danger is like, okay, this dude owns everything. Now you can fuck like everyone else up. And, and that's where so I'm going. That's, that's yeah. where I'm going with this. Yeah, but this. I would rather one dude own everything than a government own things because I can go put a bullet in that dude's brain. If he gets out of hand. Yeah, you know in some sense, yeah. that's where I think at least there is someone that has accountability and has some mm. ownership where I think, speaking towards like American politics, mm. like the <laughs> ownership and responsibility is so diffuse that like it, yeah. no one, everyone's like, I, I don't know, it's so. other guys, yeah. it's other guys' it's, fault. It's diffused and, and distributed. Uh, uh, so the idea that like the government spends money on shit that you find reprehensible for example well only it's only a fraction of a cent of the taxes you pay okay well here's a whole a list of all the stupid shit they're doing i don't like how much money is that now you know what i mean like so you diffuse the responsibility and the distribution or or distribute the money uh around enough and it seems like it's not that big of a deal right that's kind of the game they play but it compounds on 300 yeah almost 350 americans and it's a a lot a lot of dope being so i don't think the federal government should exist yeah, um, yeah, Dan doesn't, for sure. It, it serves no functional purpose. Uh, but no, with, Nobody's going to invade America, I promise you that. <laughs> but with that, is it getting harder in uh, like the, the like the VC space as far as like the new, uh, not angel investments, but uh, like tech firm startups, startups in particular, that you're worried that an Amazon will just see what you're doing, gobble it up, and then recreate it, and then spit it out? No. Okay. Um, Why is that? Talk to the average Google, Amazon, Facebook employee, right? You've seen the TikToks where they just show up to work. They have a latte. They go do a little workout. They go to their rooftop beer garden. Yep. They do a Zoom meeting, and then they go home, and then they go volunteer at the soup kitchen, right? Like, that's, like, the meme going on in Silicon Valley, like, product managers. Jeffrey and Brian, we got some sponsors real quick uh, that put this whole show on the air. If you'll indulge me real quick here, great convo. Uh, first and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. New year, new you, new mattress, new pillows, new uh, get a fucking new sheets, dude. Get a new blankie. Get a nice new little blankie to wrap yourself up in. Get all the things at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 30% off uh, when you use the promo code drinking bros at checkouts. Now, if you're buying a new mattress, you're getting two free luxury pillows with that mattress, and it's a big, big deal. Uh, the mattresses are just as good as the goddamn pillows. Love, love, love the pillows over there. Love the sheets over there. I've got them in every single room of my house. Huge fan of ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Now, if you want 40% off there, all you got to do is uh, get the adjustable base and combine it with a mattress. It's worth it, friends. I've had that that thing for three plus years. I love it. It comes with a super sleek remote control, USB ports, flashlights, all the bells and whistles on there. You can make it vibrate from head to toe. Also, if your lava goes to sleep before you, you can get a split king option, and that'll come with two remote controls, so you can stay up, so you can go to bed, or vice versa. Uh, and then when you check out, you're going to scroll to the bottom of the page, and you'll see a 60-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credit. Check that box, and all the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. And you can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month. Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got mybookie.com. Promo code drinking bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. Look, kids, everyone and their mother is going to be betting on the conference championships this weekend. All right. 
We got Burrow against Mahomes. We got the Eagles against the 49ers. Great matchups. Uh, the odds are super slim here. One's a pick 'em game. One's minus two and a half. We've all got our favorites. Every single person in your neighborhood will be watching this game. Shit, everybody around the world will be watching these games on Sunday afternoon. It is the second biggest gambling month of the year, uh, weekend of the year, I, I should say, because uh, the Super Bowl is after that. That's always at one. This is at two, kids. Throw a little cash on the games. Turn your love of sports in your new side hustle over at mybookie.com. Make sure to use that promo code Drinking Bros to double your first deposits all the way up to $1,000. We just picked our winners on Drinking Bros Sports, so you can tune into that show on the Drinking Bros Sports podcast and uh, and bet with us or against us on mybookie.com. Make sure to use that promo code Drinking Bros to double your first deposits all the way up to $1,000. Like the average... And maybe, again, not to like diss people that have this job, well-paid, very smart, educated people. But like, I would say that average person at a big tech co is very, very mediocre. <laughs> right? Like, I think just like the balls <laughs> and a, spirit that you guys have by, being by entrepreneurs. A, is, by a, oh, yeah, by a function of just great. being there. No, I mean, I, like, I, I have a lot of friends who work yeah. at these big tech companies. I, mean, I look at them. I know how well they did at Stanford computer programming classes. Like, I know, that, you know... I have a feel for them, right? Like, and this is where, in some sense, I, all the pre-med people in terms of like doctors and like all these like qualified people. It's like, wait, I remember that you were a kind of a fuck up in college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, now yeah. you're like this lawyer or yeah. this doctor. Doing this, surgery like, on people. This, uh, yeah. dude. The director of product <laughs> management at LinkedIn. And it's like, hmm. We all had that one kid in high school who did like the most drugs in all the high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I know who ours is. I'm not going to say it. He's a very, very successful surgeon now. And I'm was, like, how the fuck It was me. Well, you know what's scary is somewhere in the world is the world's worst doctor. And he has yes. multiple appointments today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's going to die today. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? Somebody's going to yeah, die there or at the hands of him. You know, probably, yeah. probably a little bit of both. Yeah, Maybe he's the worst over. doctor. Yeah. yeah it could uh, be. It's... But, but to your point, right? Like, that's why I, I think there is just continued value creation. I think that, like, when you're looking at people making what, like, White Claw is probably one of your biggest competitors mm-hmm. as an existing seltzer brand. Yes. Do you look at them and, like, hey, like, those guys are just like, oh, I'm scared of them? Probably not. You're like, hey, I have a differentiated product. Yep. I have an affinity and an understanding of my community better than these yep. White Claw I, I, I people. Have, I had four conversations this morning about the same thing. And they were like, well, why not? And I was like, because they taste like shit. Uh, they're not even close to, to 8%. So, like, can't really get fucked up off of these things. Yeah. Uh, craft beer in particular is taken off around the nation, but it's a higher ABV. So, therefore, why not elevate a seltzer as well? It's the same thing, but yeah. it's less carbs, less sugars. So, um, yeah, I, I look at it like that, and, and I want to be number one. Like, I want to be the fucking best. And so, like, out of Florida, when we were number one in Florida, it was like, and we beat Budweiser. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, we were number two in Tennessee, and that pissed me off, and it still sticks with me. Yeah. Um, you know, for two years, we were number two podcast in the world behind Rogan. I'm still pissed off about that because I wasn't one. Now, I've had the number one book in the world. I've had the number one movie in the world, but I'm still missing a couple fucking things, and it yeah. pisses me off. So when I go into these meetings, it's the same thing where I, I look at them and they, they bring up a White Claw or, or Budweiser or whoever it is in, in the seltzer space. And I was like, great. I like that energy, Their product right? tastes mm-hmm. like shit. Uh, it's not strong enough for me. And they don't care because they're all lazy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean they're all lazy? Where it's like, all right, great. You're, apply it to Silicon Valley. Uh, it's a bunch of guys who are just mediocre. Give me a mediocre flavor. 
Give me a mediocre taste, something that is mediocre that I can just ship out to the fucking audience and get Post Malone behind. There's some yep. level of yeah. banality to it that is a huge impediment to any kind of ingenuity, and yep. that bothers me. Because like, one of the ethos of the infantrymen, as you know, is to constantly improve your fighting position. It's like part of our if – if I'm there for a little while, I set a perimeter. If I'm there for a little while longer, I'm digging a fucking ranger grave to sleep in and shit like that. It's just part of your uh, makeup. To constantly be moving forward as a human as a human man, I think that's like part of your makeup. Yep. If you owned a farm and it was three thousand years ago or some shit, you would be expanding your territory or building a better fence or figuring out a new way to supply water to your animal. You would be doing something to make it better, and people just don't do that shit yeah, anymore. It's, they it's, don't. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's unnatural in our spirit to be stagnant, yep. but now we've accepted <laughs> it because stagnancy. It, it, there's enough comfort to keep mm-hmm. them from going outside of it. But yeah, like. Yeah, why stop it? Good enough. Yeah, you know I talk I mean? about that all the time. Like Ben Franklin said, don't trade security or liberty for security. We traded yeah. our liberty for fucking convenience. All the time. Just so we all don't have time. to like feel bad sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. now we're doing it socially where you can't say things anymore because somebody might be upset about it. Like you, you have no tolerance for feeling upset. Life's going to be tough, bro. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Our measurement for discomfort has like shrinked so much and any step outside of it like that's it like you're you're not willing to go any further but discomfort is where all the progress is made everything yeah yeah like grapes grapes struggle on the vine and they get sweeter and make better wine that's how it fucking works man yeah Yeah. Uh, what was the turning point for you what was that one big deal where you were just like oh shit all right I, i don't have to look at my bank account anymore and now i can just focus on making the best shit possible i don't think there's uh I wouldn't say there's any individual point. I think you just love the art. Like, I don't think I, I have a money goal. It's not like I want to retire. I think my ideal for life is you spend your weekdays the same, you spend your weekends the same as every single day, right? Like life is too short to have to trade your time for money to live a good life. So I think the ideal is you live life as if you had infinite resources every single day. So I'm sure there was like the first deal that got liquidity, the, you know, the first million, the bank account or whatever, like there's, you know, some milestone goes where it's like, Hey, like I probably don't need to worry about like living Uh and paying a rent or whatever, which is nice. And I think that's like a a, a big luxury and privilege or whatever. Um, But I don't really think like that. I think I would just, I I would like to just work because I enjoy the work. I think one thing that I've thought about recently is this uh, protocol that I'm coining 14-day weeks. Wake up at 6. Okay. Sleep at 10. So do an ice plunge in the morning. Do a four or five-hour block of work. So 6 to 11. Do a run. Eat lunch. And then do a second work block between 1 to 6. Eat dinner. And then wind down before 10 p.m. It's very Spanish. Married. Married. Kids? No kids. Okay, so that'll change when you have kids. I know, I know. It, it, it's very. <laughs> I love that story, and it's it's very inspirational. But when you have children, it's not possible. That so I'm, I'm like taking advantage window. of that. Yeah. 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 Like, we can do it. the same exact conversation earlier. I was like, that's, but I that's think I used to be Jax's Delco at one point because I was single, and I was like, great man, I was doing all the things. Yeah. Uh, and then you grow up and you have kids, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I missed the gym today. Yeah. Ah, shit, my kid had this or whatever. Your 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 80th pizza party birthday, <laughs> you know, event of the month, and you're like. Like, all right, I'll just take a slice. Just give me one slice. But I think like the nine to five, like there's so much bullshit work. I, I, think, I agree. Like, there's so much yeah, performative work 
in general. You only end up doing three hours of work in an, in an eight-hour workday. So I think if you, uh, if you can train the it, then, yeah. then you just yeah. like might as well just try to find those three, four hours. I mean, the Spanish have been in. doing this for two thousand years. It's yeah, something new, right? And, yeah. and but it's also a mindset. Although they, they go out to eat at ten p.m. instead of going to sleep. It's a whole different kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, which I like. New York does that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we used to get reservations at ten thirty, yeah, eleven, they, and you were like, all right, cool. They get coffee yeah. in the morning, go to work for a couple of hours, take a nap. Yep. Get back up, go to work for a while, then go out to dinner. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. That seems legit to me. It yeah. was fun. When you, again, when you're single and you can do that, because I love lived in New York a hey, couple you, times, it was you, great. Your kids will do what you make them do. No, That's, I, a, that's a fantasy. I, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a total <laughs> fat. Like, there's no way. There's no way. But they, they, they're like seven years old. They got a Benadryl addiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where that came from. Yeah. End up being Kaylee Anthony. And you're just like, whoopsies. Uh, why does your trunk smell? Um, no, but with that, like, because, you know, just uh, writing books, for example, yeah. right? <clears throat> I pared it down to four hours uh, where it was just like, all right, great. I can hit my page count every night within these four hours. And there's no reason how great that I am that I, I can't achieve this. And it's very rare once, twice a year that it doesn't happen. So fuck it. Um, whereas other what do you people. you do seven pages a night? Yeah. Is your thing? Yep. And then but, after what, like three months, you've got a decent manuscript for, for a book. Yeah. It's usually 50 days, 45, 50 days, somewhere in there. And that's including <laughs> yeah. an edit where you're, where you're good to go. Because I, I believe you can harness creativity. I don't think you need to sit and wait for the inspiration or the right moment and everything else. And I'm like, it's bullshit. Uh, if you're great at what you do, no matter what it is in this life, you can do it. If somebody walked through the fucking door with an AK right now, I guarantee you Dan could take him down before one bullet even got fired out of that fucking gun because he's one of the best in the world. Um, and I truly believe that if you are the best at your craft, whatever that may be, you can just do the thing. You don't have to fucking talk about it or take a bunch of meetings and everything else. You can do it, execute it in a timely manner where it's not taking up your entire fucking life. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. you don't need to talk about it. Just be about it. Yeah. Right? Just maybe, do it. Maybe that's why yeah. that happens. Like maybe maybe that's why people set limitations on themselves because they're actually afraid to take the jump. Like why do people start yeah. January first to go to the gym? You know why <laughs> do people say I'm going to wait for this? I'm going to wait for the spirit creature to come tell me to freaking like write some shit right well, i think it's well, like a built-in it's yeah. a built-in rationale to fail yeah is, is what it sounds like, like you're right? not really ready you, you don't right. really want it or else you would just do it if your you planning know? is centered around all the things you have to defeat instead of just doing the job i feel like you're just building in an excuse to yeah. quit yeah. right yes and the things that keep me up at nights are trying to improve <laughs> businesses nothing yeah. else I mean, there is literally nothing else in this life that keeps me up. I have great friends, great family. Uh, I enjoy what I do every day. Like, I love doing podcasts every single day. So that's I let, that'll continue until I die, uh, which almost happened last year. So, you know, but at least I would have died doing what I love. So yeah. don't feel bad for me. Uh, but with that, it's like, all right, great. Uh, the, the, the problems that I have are just problem solving problems, not uh, anything else where I'm worried about uh, my life is going to collapse, but how to improve products and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and with you, you're helping companies like that on a daily basis. Uh, I want to talk about better as well. Are you in with better with, with Jake and those guys as well? Yeah, I helped put it together and, 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 uh, incubate and start the company. So better is, uh, I would say just like a modernized approach to sports wagering and sports media. Um, and you're gambling, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a DraftKings or anything you gotta, else. Yeah, so I'm saying it like a more or... technical, legal way, where it's like sports wagering, sports gaming. But yes, it's a uh, casino gambling, luck based, skill based game. I can bet on the NFL. Yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so I actually got our first license in Ohio. So it was you know, so you can do real money betting in Ohio. Where at? What's uh, what city? 
Uh, well, it's a mobile app. Yeah, but uh, don't you have to have one brick and mortar open? And forgive me if I'm wrong. So in better, that. we partnered with the Hall of Fame Village for the NFL. Okay, gotcha. So okay, yeah. basically, like Canton? casinos, yes, yep. casinos, Indian tribes, different entities have casino licenses, and then different states have different regulations. Mm. For so for Massachusetts, for example, there are non-physically tied skins. This that's a term of art. Yeah. that you can acquire, get get approved for. So Massachusetts, mm-hmm. we just got approved for. So we're looking to launch in Massachusetts real money betting. Oh, congratulations. Um, you know, it's, it's been a very interesting journey down a gaming path. But I don't super care. I don't care about sport per se. Like I, it was like a very, to me, it's like a very academic approach to the business where my interest in sport is that I think it's the it's it's close as close to a modern religion as a religion stands for, in uh, which that uh, yeah. so much of uh, like the average Americans' ego and competitive spirit <clears throat> mm. is in their team. Yeah, like they live and die that weekend when their team goes 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 to war with the opposing team, and that there's like a feast and a mm-hmm. and alcohol and a celebration. Like Vikings, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think it's very ritualistic the the manifestation of sport and i think it has very much replaced religion in our society i i also think that podcast hosts are also modern pastors as well yeah. again like that's how i see myself yeah and, like, <laughs> I, 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 I mean it i mean it <laughs> tongue in cheek. Yeah, like yeah. like but seriously i think <laughs> like folks you guys are setting the thought of the day of the week for a lot of the listeners and in our community members and helping inform how they should approach problems and approach societal questions. So to me, I think that's a very interesting cultural experiment or, or problem to think about. So for me, it, it was entering sports is like an academic, philosophical, cultural problem rather than like, hey, I'm like a sports fan. But now that like I'm in, uh, I guess, in the sports business, I have to be like a licensed casino yep. director. Yep. Um, it's been full of like my first NFL game was the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. So, like, oh, this is like a spectacle. That's kind of cool. You know, um, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. The Super Bowl. Ah, that old is thing. This the, is this the big game? Is this the is one? That they talk the about? one? Is that the that's big it. one? Are you going to no. the next one? Uh, not gonna make it out this one. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> you got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, got got real shit to do. Um, <laughs> the Super, I'll skip it. I'll skip the Super Bowl. <laughs> I own a gambling company. Skip the Super Bowl. It's the largest gambling event of the, of the year, essentially. Like you know, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's huge business. Um, but yeah, I, I th- like I think the Super Bowl is just like a it was like a celebrity setting. It was very interesting to. So this was the. Uh, is it the Chargers? The LA team is Chargers, right? Rams, Rams. Both. The Chargers See, I, are there I as barely well. even know. But no, yeah, no, so no, the Rams. Chargers are there as well. Yeah, they yeah. share the same. Field. But yeah, it's the Rams versus the Bengals, yep. right? And I remember that like the bang it was, it was in it was in LA, and there yeah. was just more Bengals fans than the LA people because all the LA people it was like Floyd Mayweather was in the box next to us, and just like a bunch of like social business networkers, yeah, and then, like the. Bengals people are the actual only football fans. There. That's what yep. it's like to go to a Dodgers game. There's like 12 fans there, and then there's just celebrities, and they put them all on the fucking jumbotron. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's on the goddamn phone, walking up and down the aisles the entire game. Sit the fuck down and I eat know. your fucking Dodger dog and stay out of the way, you cunt. <laughs> I lived there for like 17 years, and there's no fans. Like Lakers have fans. <laughs> Lakers Dodgers, have fans. Yeah, Dodgers have fans, uh, but they get there in the third inning. 
uh, because of traffic. But Lakers have fans. For Lakers sure, have yeah. fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but everything else, you're right. Like the football fan, there's there's no football fans in L.A. So every every time L.A. has a home game, Chargers or Rams, you will be invaded by the other yeah. city, whoever that is. So, but yeah. but I think but just like talking about like the business case, I think, and maybe this is like more indicative of how we think about venture capital is that uh, we realize two things with the sports betting industry. One, all the product experience are very commoditized. So if you look at FanDuel, DraftKings, all the different sports books, so literally the same product experience, but uh-huh. a different logo and a different color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the money line is very <laughs> confusing, the plus 150, minus 3,000. Yeah. Like the average person doesn't really understand that like, okay, it's like plus 150 means you bet 100 to make 150 plus 100, 250 back, right? Like right. you don't really get that. I mean, that implies, well, like a 33% like, odd that like that thing exists so and then the second thing we realized is that uh these sports books are paying jake like millions of dollars for like content activation yep and then you see people like pat mcafee with like these massive sponsorship deals Fanduel, yeah 30 million yeah. yeah and it's like hey uh we kind of know the conversion metrics were you know we're pretty quantitative quant like mathematical guys just calculating ROI and it just felt like the ROI that the sports books were acquiring customers was not very efficient like I'm sure like your podcast and, and, and your integrations with you know your Salter is much more efficient than what you know a, a corpo brand could do yeah because it's a warm lead yeah. yeah I mean it's not just warm there's just, an authentic relationship yeah, with, yeah. The, with the community there's a psychographic like psychographically demonstrable relationship yeah. it's it's yeah. affinity-based marketing but all the way down to the one-on-one personal level I mean, exactly you can't get any warmer than that and then we're looking at <laughs> and especially back in uh, you know when it was like full peak bull market right these were like 20 billion market cap companies with like user bases that weren't crazy to like think about especially when you when someone like Jake's audience, you're like, hey, like, look at the conversion numbers. Like, what kind of MAU, DAU, daily active users could we drive here? Yeah, because so, that's my theory on all of these uh, uh, gambling apps, right? Yeah. It's going to come down to best advertising wins, and then who do you trust, right? Yeah. Because all of them will be the same in like five to seven years, where you're going to be able to gamble from an app. It'll be open in all 50 states. But which app are you going to versus the other one? Because like you said, the odds are all the same. So if you go to Vegas yeah. and you're betting in person or you're betting on your phone, the odds don't change. Mm. Yeah. Then it's just going to be about, all right, what personality do I like and am I going to bet yeah. with this particular it'll, it'll, app? It'll be yeah. the partnerships they have in the UX. Correct. That'll, that'll determine everything, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, so they, I think, so like, yeah, so basically, and I think we actually have a point of view on the product itself. So a lot of the focus with betters on what are called micro bets. So one of the, our investments before standing up better was <laughs> uh, a company called Simple Bet, which does live uh play-by-play odds market making. So uh, this actually powers DraftKings uh, in-play betting, actually. So you can bet on the next football drive. Is it a pass, mm-hmm. run, touchdown, first down? Yep. There's odds per play that, like like these micro-markets that shut down in 30 seconds. Sure. That's, which is like a very yeah. complicated machine learning and like yeah. real time. And just like how rapid that has to work. Yeah. But oh, it's yeah. also a lot where a lot of like live betting is where most of the real money from these sport, these uh, digital sports books come from now. Yeah. That we've, we've heard that from three different agencies. Yes. Yep. So that like there's a bunch of industry reports, but yes, what's called betting handle, which is mm. betting volume is moving towards live in play, <laughs> play by play. Yep. And that, by the way, that helps the content as well. I think that's a very good reciprocal relationship between uh the content and because it started the nfl was losing rating yep. losing ratings i think especially baseball 
baseball, I mean, you're just looking at the Marlins. Baseball right? like, is literally, up, yeah. Like um, it's a TikTok generation. Like, yep. you, like it's a very slow yeah. sport, but I think it's actually very, very well designed for micro betting. It, it is. is. It's it better, is. Maybe yeah. better than any other sport yeah. because there's natural pauses in the game so much. And it should yeah. bring more people out to the stadiums and yeah. everything else because especially if you can sit there at a Marlins game yeah. and just bet on your phone. All right, great. What's the next pitch? Yeah. Like uh, this guy could tell you pretty much five out of six every single time, and it's like, all right, great. I'm betting this, betting this, betting this. <laughs> yeah. Then it makes the game more exciting. It's and super then you're fun. Into, yeah, oh, it's yeah. Blast. it is like, fun. It makes, it makes sense. Even, yeah. even, yes. a, even a game you don't give a fuck about it, it can yeah. make it a good time. Like you right? can, you can, you can bet on a game and then just not watch it and not care, and yeah, then at the end yeah. say, all right, who's going to win? But yeah, yeah, now it's like, well, that's what you know. that's what I do on football. To yeah. be honest, unless unless it's a game I actually like, I'll, we bet on it because we just like gambling for fun, but. If it's a game that I actually want to watch, I find myself probably placing four or five live bets during the game yeah. on average. Yeah. 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 Just just for the So I, yeah, so I think there is something in the product experience where I think a lot of our focus is that like I I'm just like much more familiar with like microtransactions in normal games, mm-hmm. right? Like you we we're okay paying 50 bucks to go watch a movie with our, you know, whatever girlfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> um we're down to like go to dinner and spend a couple hundred bucks. You get your free NFL game. Why not make it more engaging to, you know, do, you know, thirty dollars of micro bets or mm. you're playing Fortnite or some of these games Buying you buy like a shit, skin, yeah. like you yeah. spend twenty bucks. Well, yeah. that, I think that's where it's been going forever though. Like look at look at how video games have evolved. Look it's all it's all made for repetitive dopamine releases as fast as possible and like how much do you get that when you can get that in the entire game yeah so like, yeah. that makes like, it sound I mean, bad but like it again, does. But, but I, mean, but I think that, like you know like, uh, i want to frame it in the sense of like hey like you're driving engagement and affinity towards a uh, like a spectacle and mm-hmm. i think when you're like keeping, the positive pe- spin towards, you're like, keeping yeah, people in the room together yeah right which is uh it's a good marketing opportunity but it's also like it brings back america like football has been america's pastime since it existed Baseball was America's pastime until the until World War II, and then it's been football ever since. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's one of the most watched sports in the world. But you know, people we're, we're in a more transient society now. People move to different cities and shit, so they're not hanging out with the same five dudes they grew up with. Yeah. Now you can fucking be on a group chat talking shit and oh, yeah. all, all on the same gambling platform doing stuff while you're watching the game. I don't think it's uh, an intrinsically bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the future is very bright for something like that. It's just going to come down to marketing and who has the best of it. Because uh, we have one. MyBookie.com is our sponsor right now. Yep. And the reason why we chose them is they're in all 50 states. Uh, but they're an offshore company. So at least, you know, I can sit on my phone no matter what. Because Texas, we don't have legalized gambling. Yep. And it's like, I'm sure you're going through it now on the back end. You've got to go state by state. Yes. Deal with all these fucking rules, assholes, everything else. And you're just like, guys, this is already legal. Like the Supreme Court made this no, thing no, years we, ago. We don't see it as assholes. I mean, I think again, our our, our partners would be pissed if we, we say like, no. I, I think regulators, you don't want problem gambling. So I think it's like we got to play by the rules. Like I've just seen a lot of just stories where a lot of my friends were like early jewel founders, investors, directors, where like they made like a super successful smoking cessation product that also was you know vapes. Yeah. And you get a little bit too high in your own supply, you get like banhammered by government. So I yeah. think it's like hand in hand. The way we think about it is like we're literally in business with state, local governments, hopefully provide, you know, some tax 
funding to make schools better. Yeah, wheelchairs for like kids. A better gaming experience, right? We want like, wheelchairs uh, with spinning rims on them next. Yeah, that's right. what we want, dude. Yep. We want. I'm bringing it back. Yes, like just tipping, you know? I want to yeah. see that, that seat go up and down. Oh, you want hydraulics? Oh, you you want, want hydraulics on the wheelchair? Still tipping on foot You want a three-wheel around the corner. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> dude switches up. Sure Abbott, dude, just going up. With the Latino crowd here, that would be huge for his uh, his next uh, running. Well, governor. he was talking shit on Twitter the other day. I don't. Do you guys catch that? Do you do you follow? Do you hang out on Twitter a lot? Decently active on Twitter. I try to dr- like not look at negative shit. Oh no, this just, is super positive. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I guess this was technically negative. Uh, so the Cowboys kicker couldn't make a kick for a while. Okay. And Governor uh, Abbott, who's in a wheelchair, says I could. I'm better at kicking than this guy is. 22 million. <laughs> He's likes. the governor of the goddamn state. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I guess it was that great. Is, I like I like his troll I mean, I, affect. I, yeah, yeah I'm good okay for him. That move. That's a good move. That's <laughs> for good, sure. That's a good shit talk. Oh, it's great because it's him. kind of shit talking yourself too. I guess. Yeah. Why not? Because he's in a wheelchair. And what are you gonna do? Dump him out of the wheelchair? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I'd love to, but yeah, yeah. You know, just to do it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just to see the reaction would be a fun. Well, he didn't video. stand for the anthem, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Sure no, did. Yeah. He hasn't stood for that anthem though in years. To be fair, it was way before Kaepernick. Ever since that tree hit him, he was the first one to do it. So he was the OG. Yeah. Yeah. Old school, dude. Yeah. Uh, what are some investments that you made that you were like, dude, this can't miss, and then it missed? A lot. Um, I mean, I don't want to put you know people that are earnestly building on blast. Um, I think you look at the math of venture capital, and essentially, and I think you look at just small businesses in general. 90% of small businesses shut down within two years. Yeah. So I think the expected value is zeros and nuggets. So I think if you're not getting zero, it's like you're either too conservative or you're just better than, you're better than like everyone in the world. Um, I mean, I think, like I would say that probably a learning lesson was that in 2021, 2022, it was like the craziest crypto markets in the, like, Stimmy checks, PPP, everyone was like super rich. I've seen more crypto yachts than like humanly possible. Really? Just like <laughs> people like uh, one of my good friends in Miami owns a nightclub called Eleven. It's like a notorious strip club nightclub. Yep. People just throw in like millions of dollars all funded by Bitcoin. Um, so I think in, in some sense it was like you got to just really not get high on the supply. I, I, I think it just boils down to like discipline. Um, were you in it? Were you in the crypto game? We were pretty active in crypto. Because um, I know Jake and those guys were or are, I don't know what their you know, holdings are obviously now, but uh, what are your thoughts on it looking back uh, at what happened over the course of that time with an FTX and everything else? Oh, FTX? Yeah, like FTX is a very interesting one because I had a lot of friends that are quant algo traders that worked at Jane Street or, or competitors to Jane Street. So it was very interesting to hear that a lot of his peers, to my understanding, didn't like him, didn't think he was a good trader at Jane Street. Um, really, Sam? Then, yeah, and then people pass on his seed round, which would have been like at least at peak, like marked up like a crazy amount. Mm. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think... To me, it reminds me of just every single boom and bust cycle, which is that I believe there's core interesting foundational infrastructure of blockchain, of tokenization. I think there's some emerging interesting applications of what are called zero knowledge 
proofs so you can get some privacy on a block blockchain that's public but you don't need to like ver you don't need to show uh like your private data but you can verify in a public blockchain that it is correct there's like very interesting math applications for this stuff and again like a lot of my like some like stanford computer science professors like were working on these blockchain projects my classmates you know one of our investments was marked to a 10 billion dollar valuation so like literally uh Nikhil and Joe 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 uh there are two like classmates of mine and okay. they're like multi-billionaires on paper at least in terms of like the company they created it's called, a company called Alchemy um so just saw a lot of the foundational building blocks of this stuff I think that there's not a lot of real applications yet other than speculation right like how did FTX make so much money well it's basically taking trading fees so like I buy a bitcoin I take 2% of that as like my my fee right so everyone was just shit coin trading right yeah. like everyone's like trading dogecoin and random meme coins and yeah that was what everyone's doing um but it, it, so all that stuff is stupid right in retrospect especially like clearly obviously just scam ponzi like just pump and dump type stuff those beanie babies yeah. yeah, I mean, basically, like Beanie Babies <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then you have like a blockchain to show that, like, hey, this Beanie Baby is legit versus like a piece of paper. Yeah, um, yeah I've got a bunch of screenshots of uh, bored apes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. they're yeah. totally yeah, worth yeah. A lot very, of very fancy. You know, monkey, monkey pictures. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but my my counter argument for it is well, a lot of people buy stupid shit in general like why do people value fancy overpriced italian leather products mm. why do people why do people pay like a hundred thousand dollars for a bottle of grape juice yeah, yeah. yeah. right no, or like don't. you know like you know the yamazaki 18 japanese whiskey like uh, like the same ethanol fuck you up right like yeah. like i drink you know your seltzer or, or like a fancy scotch i get to kind of the same end point so to me it's like i don't I don't have a strong opinion on people's ability to flex, right? Like flexing to some crypto nerd with your monkey picture is equally valid to me to buying a hundred thousand champagne flight at a nightclub. Yeah, to like flex yeah. to some bottle. Well, I mean, th- there's there's the value that currency or property can can get you in exchange, right? And then there's the social value. It's always been like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's assets and then like social signaling, yeah. right? So I think to me, a lot of like the NFT stuff is just like a, a very fine, novel social flex for a very small group of like tech nerds, which is again maybe valuable for your personal interests or business interests. <laughs> well, some people did it well. Like the, I think the Nelk Boys did one where twenty six million. Yeah, they they issued an NFT, but it gives you stuff like access to certain things inside the community events and things like that. That kind of made sense. But yeah. again, that's a that's like a for for what it is for the tech that's still kind of like a caveman thing you know what i mean it's like you're you're kind of offering access that could have been written down on the back of a fucking napkin yeah. it doesn't take full advantage of what the technology can do no i think like kyle john like the team there i, I mm. think they're i think they're earnest and like learning i think they're oh, yeah. like one of the better operating mm. teams trying to add utility to these they're uh, the first ones that have done it on a mass scale and made a bunch of money where it still has utility for the end user in my opinion that's yeah. why I brought them up. Because yeah. it, it like legit Nelk Boys throw a party somewhere, you can show up with one of their NFTs is get in, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's that's useful. It is, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. It, it's a fancy membership card that's mm-hmm. on, yes. on, on like internet validated. And you can't yeah, you can't fake it. Right. So Which is like again, like I remember it's like it's a public private encryption, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are like math <laughs> problems that computers can solve. So to me it's like, okay, if you understand it, it's like a math problem that like 
you can verify if you have the public and private keys. They're just like arbitrary strings. You do like like prime factorial calculation to verify. You just do a math problem to compute. Like that's what the NFT is versus like, hey, I can I can make a database on my laptop. You can yeah. make a database on your laptop. Like we don't agree. Like I can edit my database, my mm-hmm. Word document. You can say like, oh, you, you fudged it. Right, yeah. But like the but blockchain got, is like a shared database, yeah. right? You've always got the proof. And it's, I think that's the real utility of it is that uh, it, it's not so much that the individual is going to take advantage of it and try to cheat. That's, you, you can always arbit that court or whatever the fuck. But when large scale companies or governments try to fuck you over, now I've got the receipts. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I did this the right way. Here's the proof. And you can't alter this shit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to answer your original question, which is like, I mean, we just were, we did a lot of projects that like went like, you know, digital universes that were like worth billions of dollars in like three months. You know, like, I don't know, maybe I'd rather own like New York City for this type of valuation, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and you're just like, and then you're like, oh, maybe the internet is good. Like, maybe this digital universe or this like thing is worth like $5 billion. So I think like those were some of the regrets in terms of like, or learnings, like you cannot, like there gotta be some fundamental value. Like you can kind of invest ahead of the growth curve. Um, I guess like, I guess like the core learning, if you want to, if you want to be technical about it, is that like, I think as a Silicon Valley builder, I was always in the mindset of accumulating and not selling, which triggers taxable events and then you Mm -hmm. gotta pay. Yeah. And I was in the mindset of, hey, just net, just buy a bunch of shit and accumulate more and more and just never sell. And then I learned that, hey, sometimes it's, you should sell. <laughs> sometimes you should sell. I mean, sometimes I get to pay for all of them. Yeah. Elon's kind of doing that now where he's, like, he's involved in a bunch of different businesses. And I, to some people, it doesn't make, like, why? Why would you do that? Uh, but there's a method to the madness, right? Like the Twitter for the last 12 years or so is teaching his AI how to operate properly in in a human way, right? That's in my opinion, that's why he did it. But it makes there's always a thing that makes sense. So just having a bunch of assets on on standby that you can activate for new stuff that you're doing is not a bad thing either. Yeah, yeah look, I think uh I mean it's very interesting. I had some friends who actually did uh like merger arbitrage where they hired teams of lawyers to look at the uh, the binding agreement. Yeah. And we're like, hey, like this is ironclad. So I, I think Elon, I, I I don't know him, but it feels like he's half impulsive, half mm-hmm. super genius. Like I've heard kind of wild stories of him like going fucking nuts at Burning Man. I actually bumped into him at Burning Man. Like this, you did? Yeah, he was in a cowboy <laughs> uniform. <laughs> I was. This was like at the end of Burning Man, and this is when I wasn't. You know, I was like camping with like three friends not part of a camp we're, mm. like we ran out of like the cup noodle like we're like fucking like kind of starving <laughs> um and i started just like wandering through uh the different camps so there's like like burning man is like a city there's like mm. blocks and and like neighborhoods essentially and i started just beaming through like off, i just went off course just like started walking through people's camps and i just see this like giant uh tent structure that looked too big to be like a normal tent. And yeah. I was like, and like part of the Burning Man ethos is like rad- radical openness. So like you can kind of like wander around people. You can like just kind of say hi. Yeah. It's like very cool. It, it is like the, 
it is communism that works for a week only. <laughs> it is actually very, very cool. Like I do want, I've only been once and I do want to go back at it some point. It doesn't stay there long enough for anybody to seize control of it. Correct. Right. Like, yeah. I think yeah. it's That's not Chaz, possible that Chaz didn't work. Chaz yeah. went too long. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I just saw like, there was like hanging art paintings and then people in like revolutionary gear who are like, they're like red coats, blue coats, like kind of, and then people are all like in cosplay like random rich people there was like servants moving around i remember there was this actress susan sarandon was there like cleaning up plates and there was like i've heard of her i didn't really know but I kind of, she looked kind of familiar that. she was in bull durham that's all i remember really but there was like plates of like oysters and like food it was like this banquet table and i was like oh shit and i started like sneaking some food and i was like yeah. oh fuck it like i'm gonna eat um and then i think i, I turn around and then Elon's there with like two models, and I was like, "Oh, that's Elon Musk!" Like, and then I, I, and, and, and he's in a cowboy outfit. Yeah, like a leather jacket and like a black cowboy hat. And part of like Burning <laughs> Man is you're supposed to like bring gifts for people, and I, I, we brought like ring pops. Okay, and I real, and I regret not trying to give him a ring pop. Yeah, that was like my biggest regret of Burning Man. I should have been like, "Hey, Do you I want, want to give you a yeah, ring yeah, pop." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, well, it'd be funny if we just it's like hey, Elon's here right now. Elon, come on down. He's in Austin. And he's come like, I'll down. never fucking forgive you for not giving me a ring pop. Yeah, you son dude. Of a bitch. Yeah, you should have gave Elon his ring pop. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I mean, I just know that like I don't. I think it sounded like in retrospect, like that Twitter deal was not some super massive biz, like ten, you know, seventy chess. I think he mm-hmm. actually fucked around and found out, and now he's a little bit uh, yeah levered, right? Like he has to like sell. SpaceX. I mean, he needs to take Starlink public to get liquidity to backstop some of the interest rates. Like he's paying like upwards of twelve like percent off of monthly annual interest rate oh, off annual, of like okay. billions, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I think I think he's gonna figure it. I think he is figuring it out, right? I think him firing seventy five percent of Twitter and like still working is. I mean, I think that showed a lot of Silicon Valley that like yo, like half your. I bet Google well, could fire Google, half its people. Google just yeah. fired 12,000 Fa- on Friday. Yeah, Facebook's going to dump some people too. It's like, yep. you're going to have to get a real job. Yeah. You're not going to be able to come in at nine and get a massage first thing in the morning. You well, actually have to produce something to get paid for it. And to go back to what you said earlier, where there is a lot of mediocre people working in these companies, I think a recession, which I, I believe we're in, and we have been since yeah. last year, uh, forces you in to reevaluate. And you're like, do we really need these people? What the fuck do they actually do for yeah. us? Uh, and are they just mediocre? And then with in the case of Twitter, you fire 75%. You're like, yeah, it seems oh, shit. Like it's working. Yeah, it works. But yeah, they're only yeah, mediocre yeah. because we've allowed that to happen, right? People people need to be led and motivated, not like sheep. They need to be led and they need to be inspired. to. No, do, that, to, yeah, to I think that's exactly right. Like, I don't think you say like, hey, you guys are morons, right? Yeah. Like they yeah, lost yeah. their jobs. Like, yeah. It's not yeah. great. Like I'm not, shouldn't be like laughing at people suffering. But I think to your point, I, I, we should have a higher bar of what output of what yep. a well-lived life should actually mm-hmm. be and just doing like massages and co- coffee latte making classes yeah, as man. part of your job to yeah, do like dumb. two Zoom meetings. Like, come on, that's like, you didn't go pay and get like a four-year degree and a master's degree to just go do some user research survey meeting for two hours out of your eight hours. <laughs> but that's what one of the things we found out during all these lockdowns is people were working from home. They were working four hours instead of eight most of the time. And they were getting more done at home than they were at the workplace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it's because people work better independently necessarily. I think it's because the work structure was built around fucking off all the time. Yep. Like, it, we, <laughs> you want to keep people 
relatively happy, but they have to be goal oriented as well. Going to work and ex- like the expectation isn't that I produce uh, X amount of TPS reports. It's that I feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you should probably feel a little tired at the end of a workday. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. I, maybe I'm talking out of school here, but that seems uh, pretty fucking definitely reasonable. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Like but, there should but, be a contribution. Yeah. And yeah. Some people, sort of people mention, feel you know? like you, they may say they're happy that, oh, fucking blah, blah, blah is work is so great. But a human being is going to feel, uh, purposeless and ultimately nihilistic as a result of that kind of behavior we see it all throughout society right now yeah i mean a a lot of my team members are in ukraine in eastern europe and you just realize like work ethic and discipline and like they're literally like in going to like bomb shelters and like coding from like their bomb shelters like that and like i feel like the snowflake Americans, like, I just feel like very few of us would do that. Right. We're so soft yeah. compared to, like, the other 7.7 7 billion humans that aren't lucky enough to be born here. Yeah. They don't have the opportunities mm-hmm. to have all, all the access to internet, freedom of speech, freedom of building businesses. So, so in some sense, it's like, if we do not compete as a, country as a society we almost deserve to get our asses kicked in like the next 50 100 years right oh, like i agree I, right and yeah. it's like I, yeah. is america the last dynasty that will exist as like an imperium i i mean we're all americans i hope so but like am i gonna just bet on that as like a historian like every society has some sort of a case so i think in some sense like hey we gotta hopefully voices like yourselves can help like delay that corruption for as long as possible Mm. i mean just move to texas is the real answer because this is uh as society continues to crumble um we will go out we'll venture out grab all the resources of those people who weren't strong (laughs) enough to keep them and bring them here tim kennedy yeah Yeah. 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 this is the the epicenter of don't fuck around uh right now i'm florida's pretty good too where where it's like you got the gators because i want to throw a live gator at somebody's face too i think we need to get like you off yeah yeah Yeah. maybe um train the gators right to be into the flying like the same way that you could fire a human being out of a cannon and shit like that that's true we'll just have well here's so uh jared taylor and myself and a couple other people jared's one of the owners of black rifle um we're gonna build a viking ship and sail it, I think in 2024, we're going to sail it 300 nautical miles from Denmark to uh, England. And if you that guys want to take part, that, that's something I think, just you know, show people that you can actually do stuff. Real Viking behavior. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We're going to get fucked up yeah. and row for, uh, it's a, it a takes about four and a half days. Jake right? looks wow. like a Viking. We should, we yeah, should Jake, recruit him. We should capture him. To see be if a, he wants to do it for yeah, real. Like, yeah. we're going to have a yacht behind <laughs> us just in case anybody fucking needs something. We'll have sat phones <laughs> okay. and, yeah. uh, and a helicopter and shit. It's not, it'll be safe, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be hard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Viking, man. Yeah. So it's like That's the Burning it. Man for Vikings, where uh, yeah, you're eating oh, a lot taking, of rotisserie chicken. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably of, fish and beef, but I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna um, probably take a lot of mushrooms too. Yeah, because it's gonna get boring doing the same thing over and over. I wanna. I want to have a good time. Absolutely. <laughs> and, that, and that's key. Yeah. Uh, in the future, uh, what are you looking at investment-wise that's something interesting that maybe nobody's talking about? Hmm. Um, I think of recent, I think there's a lot of discussion around AI. There's open AI, chat GPT. Uh, to me, it's very analogous to the crypto hype cycle. Uh-huh. Right? So 
the pattern that I'm meditating on is that people are have like a technology looking for solutions. End of the day, a business is pretty simple. Give something people actually <laughs> want and make more money from selling it and providing it than what it costs for you yeah. to make. Right. Solve problems. Yeah, that's just it. solve yeah. some fucking problems for but people. But we do create a lot of stuff now that's just like, oh, that's cool. Let's do that and find a solution that it solves. Like, yeah, so oh, I think that's like right. a very, very, like, I think that's what crypto was. Yeah. I think that was like 99% yeah. of crypto was like, hey, blockchain plus alcohol blockchain plus watches mm. whatever right like all yeah. these like basically things that just went to zero or will go to zero <clears throat> it's basically um, how like cranberry juices and everything now cran apple cran grape shut the fuck up dude yeah <laughs> unless you <laughs> really like that cranberry yeah. flavor then good for you right like you're having a, a juice that you like um so i think some of the interesting things is that uh like the technology process for ai is very interesting where there is a data mode like the further you have more users and more data for reinforcement learning the stronger theoretically your models will be mm. so it's one of those things where it's like escape velocity where it's like okay if we're like the first people to have nuclear weapons then we can like nuke other people that to, before they get them or something like that right so there is like this escape velocity dynamic with ai that is interesting same thing with blockchains uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum are very dominant because you want other people to believe in your currency item. Like, it's, it's like why the US dollar is very strong. Like we made OPEC only accept dollars for their oil. Right. And then we have every other uh, reserve bank has US dollar reserves. So there's like this power law moat of US dollar until we fuck it up and like no one wants dollars anymore right like but but will bitcoin be around and uh ethereum uh be around to potentially (laughs) replace it or will the government eventually evolve into that like a, a digital currency i think i think you have to pay US taxes in US dollars so as long as US has the best weapons we're gonna be pretty okay with US dollar I feel good about holding a bunch of USD and assets denominated in U.S. dollars. Um, but I think as we just keep printing cash, at some point, and I think this is what like the Saudis are thinking, like, hey, you know, there's a lot of discussion, rumors that, like, hey, they're considering, like, a petrol yuan. Because, like, hey, I don't, like, <clears throat> we just shut down a lot of Russian uh, assets because yeah. we control uh, all the other banks. It's all denominated in U.S. dollar. We froze all these Russian assets. So if I'm MBS, I'm like, hey, if I piss off America to some extent, do I want, you know, whoever is the president to just sh- freeze like 90% of my assets? Should I diversify into some R&B? Because like I probably still need to buy some cheap, you know, T-shirts and whatnot. Yeah. So I can see that the monopoly of U.S. dollar weakening a bit with like currency risk, right? You just don't want to <laughs> eat. I-, I think that like unipolar world is is fracturing a little bit with like faltering U.S. leadership. And then is there like something that uh, is digitally native? So what if there was, you know, artificial general intelligence that could only be funded by Bitcoin or Ethereum? And that was a native currency to get compute time for this AGI to solve problems. Well, then you have to buy Ethereum to mm. access like that company. It's almost the same as like the freemium model in apps, right? Like you create a, a, a commodity 
even if it's open to everything at some point and then you uh, limit the commodity back down to only using your currency or whatever it is. Exactly. Your, your access point, yeah. your currency, whatever it is. Yeah, so I can see a world where, hey, if you're a nation state leader, king of a country, right? You okay, forget that we're Americans. Just pretend you're like the Saudi king. You're trying to just maximize your little chessboard. You want this, whatever, Israel or Jordan or whatever to be like a coolest Well, I mean, if you're like world. an African country and you're mining diamonds or cobalt or something like that, and you like, you can only buy cobalt from us in like Kenya coin or whatever it is. Yeah. Now you're fucking cooking with fire, right? Yeah. Because you're insulated from everybody else's mm-hmm. bullshit. Yep. Everybody has to come to you for that shit. Yep. That's a, it's an interesting idea. Apparently, like, there's a French uh, owned, like, like, and this is actually in cobalt mining. Like, mm-hmm. There's like French denominated currencies that like basically fuck over some of these like African countries I'm sure they're like oh, so if like, there's a way is, for us yeah, to get in there and yeah. fuck over Africa we, we've do already it. done it with the water <laughs> yeah Bono but there's yeah. a crypto company I can't remember who I can't remember the name of it but they're doing mining operations in Chile right now for lithium right yep um, and they assigned a crypto to that as well it's it's still they, they've invested about three billion so far I think is the last yep. I heard but it's still kind of in the developmental stage because you still have to ship it out somewhere to get it refined and then you know to the to the assembly and then yeah. to the end user. So I think that's just where it's like interesting where like ultimately the world is pretty physical, right? Like I want US military folks like yourself with guns like enforcing contracts and laws, right? There's no fuck, like if there's an Ethereum smart contract that says, hey, I own your lithium mine. You're like, fuck it, like take it from me. Yeah. <laughs> Come get it. Well, that's right? why I always say people are like, uh, uh, we had Tucker Max on yesterday. He's a buddy of ours and he's super into this shit and he's worried that the next war is going to be mimetic and it won't be, uh, you know, kinetic the way that we used to fight wars but i i always tell him like ultimately it comes down to one dude with a gun putting a bullet in another dude's brain you know what i mean that's just how life works i think how skynet will exist is that someone builds uh drone armies that Mm. must be powered by crypto uh yeah like like so if i own a bunch of ethereum i will i can get compute or like physical power through my drone army holy shit right like that would be like an interesting (laughs) world where it's like you have like the what are the private military contracting companies that become decentralized autonomous organizations that are governed by by cryptocurrencies and you have like self-repairing robots just getting good at kill, killing and enforcing physical This law. is how dangerous what you're talking about is. So there's a company, you probably remember, there's a South African company called Executive Outcomes in the 1980s. And they went to, I think it was Sierra Leone yep. with like 35 dudes and took over the entire country. Uh-huh. Uh, very dangerous and then the un outlawed private military companies for until the iraq war basically yeah right? it's a crazy fucking story yeah. Uh, yeah and that's what you're talking about essentially where but this like, time there's great. no actual risk yeah. war, war war has to be painful otherwise we will conduct war at the drop of a hat you know what i mean like it needs to be there needs to be losses in something that you do otherwise you will do it without thinking about doing yeah. it and the cost becomes too high. I think that's what I realized that Silicon Valley in some level was very absurd when Google didn't want to do like US military contracts, but they're down to do compute for like Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Which yeah. is like yeah. at a certain level, like all these abstractions of like watching TV shows on demand or being able to access whatever your favorite creator, porn stars, like personal OnlyFans or whatever, like that doesn't matter if you don't control your physical sovereignty. So I think that's, I think, I think partly it was like why I got interested in human performance, biohacking, 
just like realizing that we're not just intellectual abstract computer people running around mm. the internet. Right. Like we're we're, we're physical actual beings. physical human beings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah physical human beings that's uh, getting on that waiting list for robot legs so I can kick yeah. the shit out of people that show up. <laughs> I want a fucking robot leg. I'm not married yeah. to my legs, dude. I mean, Me like, honestly, uh, I you remember Joe Pantaleone from The Matrix where he's like, Joey I, don't, Pants, yeah. I don't give a fuck if this is real or not. It feels real, tastes yeah. real, smells real. It's real. Yeah. Just like fake teddies, right? So uh, that's where I am on that. Cyborg me up, bro. Yeah. And I'll be kicking holes in walls. I'll be throwing people completely over buildings and shit. That's all I want in life. All day, dude. Greg Abbott's the first in line for Oh, that. he's getting it, yeah. 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 He no, wants to I, I don't even dislike him. It's just like, <laughs> I'm getting you. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Like, like I think there's like a popular, you know, popular just get high conversation. Are we in a simulation? And I think I, I land in the same place, which is that like, it'd be kind of cool if we were. I kind of mm-hmm. want to pray to like our simulation creator to like, bend the laws of physics for me well any environment really you want to figure out a way to manipulate it right yeah, yeah. we had rizwan Verk on the show not too long ago. we he, did that dude is so fucking smart it scares me he did the simulation yeah, hypothesis he wrote that book, book. yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he's it was uh, great mit and stanford right yep. doesn't he work at stanford still yes i he, yeah. he, he and the video game department half or, and half yeah. yeah yeah uh so yeah dr rizwan Verk. look look it up it's a simulation hypothesis and yeah. uh yeah it's it's crazy yeah it's weird it's he thinks it's like an 83 percent chance we're in a simulation yes something yeah. like that yeah. Which is kind of an exact number, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what sure kept is. it from being 85? Yeah. Like, well, he's an MIT like, sure, guy, but, like, so who knows? Not yeah. quite, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But what, he's building, like, I think what he's working on now is building neural networks and shit, so he's at the cutting edge of all this bullshit. So, who knows? Yeah. What do you think it is? What do you think the over-under is? <clears throat> no, I mean, I think I think you put a number to it, you're probably full of shit. Mm. Would, like, it's like quantum <laughs> theory. If you say, anybody, if you ask somebody if they understand quantum theory and they say yes, they definitely don't understand quantum theory. That's the old physics joke. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't put a number on it? 50-50, Uh if I did like if you forced me to like make some numbers. Um Well, here's why I ask. Yeah. Year by year as we go on with this shit, it's getting higher for me. Where I would have said the, zero. The weirdness, right? Yes. Yeah. Everything that's going on in the world on a day-to-day basis is getting so much weirder and weirder that I'm like, all right, this isn't real. But do you think this that is, this can't be real? We host a show every week called Fake News, mm, yeah. uh, but it's real news. It's just it sounds fake as this keeps going along, and I'm like, so the number started at zero, probably it's sixty, but seventy. You, do right you think? Now. Do you no. think it's that's a big jump? Stuff, it is. That's do huge. you think stuff's getting weirder, or we just have more access to the weird? I had the same conversation you know? with yep. my wife, yeah. uh, and, and I don't know that answer either. Because Helen Keller was a total fraud. None of that shit ever happened. Right, but people believe it. Right. There's no way that somebody signed under her hand and she just fucking discovered all of life all of a sudden after being deaf, dumb, and blind for her entire life. No, she sure that did. That never yeah. happened. She sure did. She, oh, never she happened. flew a plane. She flew a plane, she flew too. A plane. She flew a plane. Like, fuck yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? I didn't follow that story, so like, I'm oh actually... My God. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. She's yeah. a total... Blown. I'm learning she's, something. She is a total fraud. <laughs> total they, they fraud. They movies about her. I mean, they... Oh yeah. yeah, it's wow. like as a child, you we all grew up in fucking America here. Everybody knows who Helen Keller is because yeah. we read a book about her in fucking high school, yeah. or we had to watch that stupid movie. What was it called? Uh, the the something maker, the miracle worker. Miracle worker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody's seen that. Great flick, great flick. They're gonna <laughs> yeah, remake it. It's all it. a lie. They're gonna remake it we, with uh, Octavia it's, Spencer. It's Helen Keller too. This time it's personal. And she's just fucking people up, man. Yeah. She's got cyborg legs. She's roundhousing people. <laughs> That's the question of the why, though. Why Why is that fake? Like, why Why was that even presented to the world as a real story? Because, like, what was the accomplishment? What because was trying teach, to achieve something, you know? Like, uh, teach the lie. What, what's that dude's name that was on Arliss? Remember him? Oh, shit. The lead? Yeah, what's his name? God, he's a cocksucker he, in real life. What's he is, his name? yeah. Uh, Robert Wool. Yes. So Robert Wool did this. Uh, it was like a... Uh, 
I don't know who produced it actually. I think it was a history channel or something, but he did this like short, um, it's like an hour long speech to college students. And it was about teaching the lie, right? Once something becomes part, if it's a good story, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. I think is the general premise. So there's this, uh, uh, we all know about Paul Revere, right? You know Paul yeah. Revere's, mm. right? Yeah. None like, of that shit existed. One light, two lights for like the, yeah, one, yeah. the boat. The so British are coming. The story is that he saw the lights and he rode all the way to Philadelphia to tell them right, that coming, the British are coming. Blah, blah, blah. That was a man named Israel Bissell. But it doesn't sound as good as Paul Revere. It doesn't sound American even. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not part of our folklore. But that's what happens. Once it sounds good, you just, you just teach that. You know what I mean? So that's how all these weird fucking stories. And that's that aren't why true. year by year, I that that number moves higher for me because I'm in disbelief. It's what I thought was impossible. Everything is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's fine though. And so like yeah. uh, the the CIA files on the Kennedy thing, uh, I've talked about this in the past. But when I when they opened those up and they, Trump started releasing those, uh, I read them. Some were redacted and everything else, but like uh, it was mind-altering to me that our government was planning or potentially wanting to plant bombs in Florida to make it look like, uh, you know, communists were here and communism was a thing and they were coming over from Cuba and they were willing to bomb our own people uh, in order to make people believe that. Yeah. And I, I was just like, oh my God, there's yeah. no way our government would do this. Well, I think then, that's the scariest part. It's not, it's yes. not necessarily that there's people who would think like that. It's that the fact that there's a lot of people right but now I'm who not just surprised. don't care. I don't think I'm surprised with that. I'm surprised with that. Like, I think we're, there's a lot of bias towards, I think, our self-ego of our unique time is, 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 is especially interesting or compelling. Like, if we're, I like to approach it as we're aliens, we just got dropped on this planet. You hear all these, like, exploits of, like, Genghis Khan or Alexander the Great doing these tricks and these, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the clever yeah. little battle, <laughs> battlefield stratagems of, you know, the Romans surrounding the, the, the barbarians. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, okay, there's this tribe of Americans and there's a tribe of communists out in Soviets and they want to have an excuse of Cassus Belli to attack Cuba. I don't know. Like, you read it like, oh, you, you have like a, you know, some sneaky guys, you know, ambush someone. Yeah. Like, like, it, it, it just in, like a, instead, of, instead of being uh, uh, incredulous about it, you're like, oh, that's pretty clever. Like, it's smart. Yeah. yeah. But again, like, not, not, not to come on the moral, ethical yeah, nature yeah. of, like, commenting, yeah. like, hey, we yeah. should, like, fool our, a nation on going to war. But, like, if we were super savage and, like, hey, we wanted to make this outcome, you'd, well, like, look I'm at sure, how, like, we could just come up with a bunch of crazy oh, yeah, plans. Yeah. We'd be in no, look at how no we, ethics. Look at how we're propping, we're still propping up Russia as though they are a military powerhouse, and they are incompetent at best yeah. at fighting wars. They suck. They, their intelligence services are pretty good, but at fighting wars specifically, they fucking suck. Yeah. They've sucked for a hundred years. They've never been good at it. Yeah. We're like, oh, fuck, we've got to save the world by dumping. Now we're going to send tanks and shit. I, so there. I was just, just going to say, so like yeah, after, after fuck, today's man? decision of, of sending tanks, and I said this about Zelensky, when they allowed to go in uh, uh, prime time, yeah. right? Go live on, on prime time. On all the award time. shows. And all, fucking, yeah, yeah. The oh gold God, Globes dude. and all that shit. If, I, if yeah. I'm Russia and I watch that, I would have nuked I'd, the shit I'd out of. I'd be so pissed. Uh-oh. Right? I would yeah. nuke the shit out of Ukraine on Christmas. Well, you said, remember, Fuck you guys. You remember yeah. during the Iraq but invasion? They didn't do it. Yeah. During the yeah. Iraq invasion, we kept running into these little small pockets of dudes that had. Well, it was old NVGs, but it was like PVS fives and shit. Yeah. And where the fuck do you get night vision? It was all from Russia. Yeah. Like they they were, and everybody's pissed. Russia, it's a fucking. We're like we invaded Iraq. 
What? Tell me the functional difference between us invading Iraq and Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. What's the functional difference exactly? Because yeah. there is none. Right. You know what I mean? But we had a, a guise of what weapons of mass destruction. Or, <laughs> yeah. That's what it was, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you got to well, have this like one people thing. do what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's that's like, it. Yeah, like, dude. Sorry. Like, but isn't that equally you know. absurd as like CIA planning to kill JFK? It's like, yeah. I mean, basically there was bogus evidence yes. for Iraq WMD. Yes. Yeah. So it, but, right? but like it's literally like equivalent to me. Like right. it's oh, yeah. some hundred percent. But to that point, as this starts building up over and over and over again, I'm like, this can't be real. You know, like none of this can be. Well, anytime the government tries to do something, if they try to convince me of something, I immediately know that it's not true. Right? (laughs) Yeah. The harder they try, the more. Yeah. You don't need to be convinced of good ideas. Yeah. That's not how that works. If somebody comes to you with information, then they're probably on the level. If they come to you with something that's fucking slanted or propagandized, they're definitely lying to you 100% of the time. This is how it is. And, you know, it's becoming a big problem now because. A lot, like more and more people every year are, uh, I, maybe you call it black pilled, although I think people are still kind of, they hang on to certain parts of their, uh, I think politics is a bit of a religion as well. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's, it's getting weird now because people hear stuff now and they're like, nah, not doing that. To be honest, in the 1990s, if COVID had happened in 1990 under Bush 1, and he was like, hey, man, this is fucked up. We're going to have to get everybody vaccinated. You're going to have to wear masks for a little while. I think people would have done it and not complained. Hmm. But at this point in American history, people are like, fuck you. Well, there's so much that. information at your fingertips. Yeah. Like yeah. in that gap of time where you got social media, you got pressure from Twitter, you got, you know, or your friends, uh, pressure from your friends on Instagram, Facebook. Everybody's got their opinions. Uh, whereas if you didn't have it, I agree. If that happened back then, mm-hmm. I think, yes, everybody would have been fine with it and scared. Now you have so many opinions to read across the board where you're like, I don't know if this is real. Well, I don't it's know not, if it's it, not real. It's not just the diffusion of, of uh, good versus bad information. It is the intentional dissemination of bad information towards an end. Yeah. Right? That's, pro- that's what we call propaganda, and it's very obvious that it's happening now. And especially on, today's media. On so yeah. many different mm-hmm. levels. It's like there's no law that says Congress can't insider trade. It's legal for them to do that. Like if you do it, you have multiple companies. If you do yeah, that, go you to go jail. to jail for yeah. that. Yeah, it's not good. But if, you know. You're Nan- SBF, brother. If Dan Crenshaw no. and Nancy Pelosi do it, <laughs> no. it's, all, it's all sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. And not, not only, it's not that it's a crime and they don't get prosecuted for it. It's not even a fucking crime, Right. So people see that shit, and you can put it all together now. Unusual Wales is a good Twitter follow because yeah. it'll show you the connections between this particular politician and all the companies that they're involved in and their voting record. Like, oh, okay, cool. It makes sense now, bud. Yep. So none of this shit's real. Great. Can yeah. I just fucking go back to doing what I was doing and you shut the fuck up and stop trying <laughs> to take 40% of my shit? It is very upsetting because like, it's so hard to make money, and yes. these people literally are better traders than the best investors in the world yeah like it's like fuck yeah it's just it's just coincidental that that it's whoever not gets coincidental. Elected i mean i think yeah. it's like pretty like <laughs> like the nvidia stock purchases right like yeah. uh pelosi's husband's like literally I mean, he's 80 years old he's, yeah, he's trading his fucking the, nvidia and, and he's trading like <laughs> short-dated op- he's trading short-dated options yeah, yeah. right so it's like he hey, did it he, with tesla as well so he, that means Google. he knows well, events are happening puts. yeah like those are hard to trade yeah yeah very very difficult uh, so when I look at that too, I'm like, shit. As uh, politicians ever approached you guys, me- meaning company wise, like, hey, what do you know? You got any good stock tips? I mean, politicians don't really want, don't really do. I mean, I think for private companies, it's. I think politicians are generally not; they don't have any money to invest, and if they 
do. They probably should do public trades that are super liquid and they have inside information that's legal. Okay. Right? Like it's probably just more efficient for Pelosi or Crenshaw, right? Both sides to just like trade sh- options on, hey, we're going to ban in- NVIDIA chips or we're going to do that, right? Like, yeah. Start, like, I think private early stage companies, right? These are like five, seven year holds, right? Like, I'm, like how long have you guys been working on Hard AF? Uh, it'll be a year in March. So we're looking at 10 months right now. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, we, but, and, but like, why even wait 10 months when like you do a trade and like there's an event happening in oh, two weeks? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and for us, you know, we're looking at the five to seven year yeah. uh, sale as well, like, you know, yeah. uh, with all that other stuff. But uh, you've got to work hard and, and we don't have any insider info on it. Yeah. These guys do. They got everything. Yeah. They got all the access to all the shit. So they don't care about the smaller companies. They're already trading big companies with huge dollars and then shorting them because they've got uh, inside info on yeah. it. So yeah, they can they can cut the line with all this shit. Yeah. Look, I think I think I, I think to me, like venture capital is actually more about company building. I think that um there's like I think that, again, go I think it just goes back to fundamentals. There's like no free way to make money. Like, I think a lot of angel investors are like, hey, I think I can get the next Facebook and make it a thousand X. And no reasonable business builder who actually was building the next Facebook is going to take random money from a random person that's not going to contribute. Right. So I think a lot of the, <coughs> yeah, we've I, I think that. proper venture capital is actually finding partners that have different networks, different access yeah, yeah, to actually 100%. build with you. That is like the definition of venture capital versus like now it's more like, index etf investing in a bunch of early stage illiquid shit right yeah and i think so like i think most venture capital funds are actually like net like lose money compared to index funds yeah, yeah. we've we've gone through we've we've turned down a number of office offers for capital for a hard af because it wasn't like it we, we honestly if we desperately needed the money with the business model or with the returns we've had already we could go to the fucking bank yeah i mean it would suck but we could do that but it, it like it's the the investor has to have some relevance in this market otherwise what else are you providing like money is money yeah i think the truth is that there's more scarce business builders and operators than capital i think if you actually have a good business there's there's abundance of capital to access okay interesting uh it's just who you know though right i think network is yeah i mean network is a lot yeah yeah Uh, but 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 i don't know if it's like network but it's also just like presenting it in a way that makes sense for financial investors, right? If you're talking to VC Wall Street guys, there's like just very known parameters of what VCs do and do not do, right? Like they are looking for a 15 to 25% IRR. They want a three to five year uh, path to liquidity, yep. right? Like I, and I think especially for like beverages, it's like, okay, like we want this margin structure, we want this distribution, we want to come in at this point. So I think it's less so like, network right like you could be the most connected person and have just have a piece of shit company like you i don't like well, that I happens all invest. the time that happens all the time right but then it's like okay i want to be friends with them i might do like a relationship check i'll, I'll give you like 100k like you know i want to be your friend yeah but it's like it's like a donation check um i think a part of me just believes in uh like efficiency of capitalism like even if you know no one you have a rock solid business End of the day, it's like, if I can put a dollar into, like, my best friend, but he's an idiot idea, or, like, some random stranger that's blue and has three eyeballs, yeah. but so I, I'm going to, like, make 10x, and, I, and it's like, it makes sense. I think most of us would be like, hey, like, 
this is not a friendship token game. This is money making game. I'll make the money and I'll donate some money to my friend. Right. Yeah. Like that would be my choice. Right. Like I very much keep the money making game separate from like the real, like the feel good game. For sure. For and I think sure. it's also very easy to keep those lines clear because I think with when when you are a capital allocator, like everyone wants a piece of it. And then it's like, okay, like, and I, I try to be very clear, like I'll be very kind, very generous. The money making game is just pure money. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to make money. I don't fucking know if you're my friend or not my friend. Like just, <laughs> just like a math problem for me. Right. And if I really like you, I want to support you. Like I'll buy your product. I'll whatever. You know, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll help. I'll support. But it's a different discussion than an investment decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's I, I just I like to keep like the layers very clear of what game I'm playing. So I think going back to the question, like, do I think the world is a simulation or not? I try to keep my life simple where, like, I have limited energy. I don't know how that applies if the world's a simulation or not a simulation. I think I'd do the same, the same stuff. Okay. Yeah, why would you change? Right. Like, I, I like functionally, it's the same. So who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm experiencing yeah. Yeah. these sensations. I want to be winning if it's a real world or a simulation. I still want the points. Yeah. Like, I want the You want to be able to type points. ass in at the end of the video game at the very top. If this is all a simulation, I want to be able to put my, you know how you put your three initials in? Yeah. I want to yeah. make it say ass and move on with my fucking day. Right. Like yeah. you want, you want like cool serotonin hits. Yeah. You want cool dopamine. You mm. want like, you want memories. If it's a fake, you know, computer game memory or like physical neuron memories. Yeah. I, I just don't see how it's relevant that that changes my day-to-day actions. So then I try to like spend less time thinking about it. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's like if there is like a so like so then I th- it ends up going to like the toy category. It's like I think it's like a fun question to think about. I just don't know how to like apply math to it so I can give you a number. Like I don't I don't like bullshitters where it's like I'm gonna make up numbers for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, we could talk for fucking hours, man. You guys yeah. are endlessly fascinating. I mean, you are not him. I'm here for other things. He's, yeah, who he's are you here killing first, by the way? Because you've got you've had your eye on somebody back there. Is yeah, it Bob? I'm not sure. I'm figured out yet. Bob looks like he could be picked off pretty easily. I like there, to keep so. it a surprise. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. It's fine. I think it's going to be me. Yeah. The closet's getting full, though. He's so. got two new kids. So. He just had a baby two days yeah, ago. Yeah, if there's so. insurance money involved, maybe that would help out the kids. Yeah, yeah. sure would. Uh, yeah. Now's the point in the show we get to the Drinking Bro of the Week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the Drinking Bro of the Week to? I will give it to... Uh, I'll give it to my dad. Um Immigrant from Hong Kong, uh, came to the United States to learn physics at UCLA. Had polio as a kid growing up, so I was in a wheelchair and, and, and crutches. Um, and I think it, would, it was super... I, I think he just very much, to me, personifies the American dream, the American spirit. Right? You, you came to this country to build, to create. Didn't, I, don't, I don't think he really expected anything. I remember he was telling me stories that he didn't even know like how to present a bank statement mm. to get a loan from the bank. It was just like, I don't know, like make money just build a business um and it's cool to see him just keep compounding working hard um i remember just like i didn't really get to see him and uh, like because he would work late i would come home after dinner um so there's an appreciation for like that level of sacrifice and discipline even though like he had like just physical hardship yeah um so 
I mean, just saw it was just of just spending Chinese New Year with family in, in LA area. Mm. So it's the year of the around. rabbit. I just went yeah. to a, a party the other day uh, with some neighbors. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to go the same way. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have like heroes growing up. I didn't have like that. So it's the same thing. Like my my dad, he was a group guy, and he did that. And it, but I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that until later on in my career. Until I followed his path, I realized all the things he had done and. and the reason why he was always gone and all that, yeah. you know, if you'd asked me when I was 18, I, I wouldn't have said my dad. I'd have been like, yeah, I mean, he's barely ever around. But as we progressed and I saw it, it's the same thing, you know, like what he sacrificed in order for, uh, you know, our family to be able to move on and provide. So, yeah, yeah same thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't have like sports heroes or anything, you know. Yeah. Well, cheers. Uh, mm. Cheers to you guys. Uh, tell everybody <laughs> where they can uh, find Ketone IQ. Yeah. HVMN.com. HVMN stands for Healthy and Modern Nutrition. Uh, Check us out there. We're also on Amazon. We'll be in more and more retail doors. But if you, if you go to uh, hvmn.com and use the promo code Drinking Bros, you get 20% off right now. So yeah. you it's, might as well do that. 100%. Uh, and then that way you're, you have savings. You can't scream that at the register. It sprouts. Drinking <laughs> yeah. Bros. Well, and then they'll ring you up 20% off. Oh, it doesn't They're not going to do that there. <laughs> it depends. So if, you, if you wear the uh, Helen Keller as a fraud t-shirt, I think they will. Probably. Yeah, because yeah. Sprouts, they're super into that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They've been burned by Helen Keller before. So. Everybody yeah. has. Yeah. Everybody has. Check Everyone's those government childhood. docs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. Or Stevie Wonder. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, it was a pleasure. Come back, dude. This was yeah, super fun. Thank you. Fascinating. Uh, for Danthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.